It is Free Talk Live, and as always, you're invited to take control of the airwaves. If you want, 603-283-6160, if you would like to weigh in. Again, the number 603-283-6160. And on this Wednesday Night Live, it's Aria. Nikki. And, and the sorry, Bonnie. Sorry, Bonnie was drinking water, so it was really bad I just bad started timing. coughing out of nowhere. <laughs> so, in the news today, something about a judge was facing a... What was it? An ethics probe or right. some sort of thing like that. And people were essentially saying that she was doing some some shady stuff. Yeah. And if you know anything about judges, especially state judges, man, some of them do some pretty shady things. It seems to me like my gut instinct from just like reading through, skimming through this article is that it's hard to tell who's the bad guy here, but I think this lady got her nose into some stuff. She probably should have stayed out of everyone's business, and then she would have been fine. Well, that tends to be the the case with judges. Of course, I have not heard the story, so I don't really know anything about it. But I'm looking forward to it, because that, that sounds tremendously fascinating. It's, it, and there's so many layers to it, because she ultimately resigned. Well, she resigned, and then went on... To kill herself. Oh, right. wow. And it's like, it's unclear if that's related or if it's just like, oh, she's also well, going through some stuff. But it's, it's interesting. It's, it was, it would be hard to, you'd have the burden of proof on that you'd have to rise to if you wanted to say that it was not related, that she killed herself for completely unrelated reasons. Sorry, I'm going to have to ask whoever makes that claim to substantiate it. But first... Artificial intelligence. We had this story last night. I really want to talk about it because I, I find it such an interesting concept, right? Like a lot of these science fiction so, uh, shows like Star Wars, not Star Wars. Uh, I, I just made everyone on the Internet angry. Star Trek in particular. It paints this world where humans don't have to work. Everything humans want is just done for them by computers and replicators. So replicators are the key technology in the Star Trek series that allow human beings to not have to do anything. You, you tell your computer, computer, I want X, and it just generates X for you. Out of It rearranges molecules or whatever. Not theoretically impossible, but well beyond human techno- technological capabilities. And the rise of all of these things causes humans to not have to work. They can just do whatever they want. They can spend all their time doing nothing or painting or making music or whatever because all of their needs are taken care of, right? And the idea they still wanted governments is so dumb. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that issue aside, I don't necessarily take issue with the world where all human need is solved by technology like this. And artificial intelligence is one way that we can get there you know people see the the star trek series and they say there's like oh well that's such a society would never work but i mean yeah it could I mean, why not yeah if you had that replicator technology it would yeah. it would easily work you Wait, don't have to work i forgot you're talking about star trek are there governments in star trek i thought you were talking about star I mean, wars yeah yeah I, kind well, of i don't know if I don't know. I don't know is, either. Is Never the real answer it. to that question. Starfleet is kind. I don't know if they're a government or not. Or they I mean, could, they could be a corporation. But for on all. the other planets and stuff, do they run into planets that have governments? Oh, certainly. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Most of the planets they encounter have governments, but those planets are generally still developing. They don't have replicator technology, mm. so they can't. They still have people who have to work. Oh, okay. But I don't take issue with that. If we had that kind of technology, it's possible. And artificial intelligence sort of moves us closer to that. Artificial intelligence and 3D printers. 3D printers, obviously, it's a long way from the replicators that we see in the Star Trek series. It's a long way from being able to print a car tire, which 
has been revealed to be possible. And, you know, telling a computer to build you a new computer. However, artificial intelligence is in the news. And I've got an article here about this guy who just doesn't seem to get it. I'm going to lose my job to an AI. Chat GPT does an hour of my work in seconds. The New Mexicans. I'm sorry? Because you know how uh, conservatives are always like, oh, all the, oh, the Mexicans yeah. are taking our jobs. Yeah, that's why I called this episode. You know, they yeah. took our jobs. One reporter has expressed concern about his job after an AI-powered chatbot generates an article in seconds. And, you know, I don't know what his argument here is. I'm, t- I'm curious to get into it because it's like, Okay, first of all, what you wrote as a human being at this point in artificial intelligence technology, it should be better than whatever the AI produced. Absolutely. And if it's not, then you should lose your job. Exactly. The other thing I don't understand is I think that there will always need to, not always, okay, but as the, it is right now, they will still need humans to do jobs to like edit this stuff. So your job just got easier. That's also a really good point. And now he, instead of being a writer, he would be an editor, right? But that's a curious thing itself is the argument has always been that as technology increases, it, it doesn't really eliminate jobs. It creates new jobs. And, you know, I agree with that for the most part. But at a certain point, it does seem like we could reach a point in human society where all of the work could be done by robots and AI and whatever. And humans wouldn't necessarily have to do it. But the transitional period it's go of uh, people losing their jobs at random because an AI can do it better or a robot can do it better and faster and more efficiently. That's going to be a really bumpy period. Well, I mean, and that's kind of already been happening with the development of technology, like factories. You know, now there isn't a guy that needs to screw the lid on the toothpaste. There is a machine that does that or check out people at Walmart. This has slowly been happening, but those jobs were so low level that those people will be able to move up and do something that takes more of their effort and more of their creativity. And it's not so I don't want to say mindless because it's not necessarily mindless, but right. You know, they'll need a higher skill level to do something different. They do. But it's important to point out that I think that when we say higher skill level and lower skill level, it's not like these people, these people aren't going to have to go out and learn a new skill or get a college degree or pick up a trade or anything like that. No, not necessarily. The skill set to work in today's society is just hands down more complicated, more technical and more skill required than a job from 100 years ago. Well, luckily, we have the Internet now. Right. People can go teach themselves everything they need to know about tech and get a tech job without having to go to college. Like Chris Wade laughed at me when I first met him because I was in college and I was like, oh, I'm going to go for, I'm doing IT stuff. And he was like, you can learn all that stuff on the internet. You should drop out of college. And I did. Well, I mean, I don't think any, like every single person can do that, but you have to be self-motivated to do that. And some people just aren't self-motivated. There's nothing wrong with that. I didn't really want to go to college. I just like kind of got bullied into it. So, ah, well, that's, a different yeah. issue. Yeah. However, I lost my train of thought on how I was going to circle back to the point at hand. But Henry Williams, a freelance, freelance writer from London, thinks that chat GPT. Oh, what I was going to say was that these skills required. If you took a person from 100 years ago and you just put them in today's society and said, all right, this is our easiest job. Right. It doesn't get easier than this. You're a Burger King cook. They're not going to be able to do it. They're going to, no. They don't know what the buttons do. They don't know how any of it works. And 
it would be a nightmare trying to train this person to even understand the digital display and how to make the microwave work or just something simple like that. We don't we're so used to it that we don't even think of that as being a skill. But yeah, can, the ability to turn on a microwave and make hot food is a skill. I mean, there's an older lady that works at um, the place I used to work and all she does is cleaning and they've tried to teach her like why don't we teach you how to use the cash register so sometimes you could you could take a day doing that. She cannot learn it. She cannot log in. Yeah, that that certainly is an issue. I mean, it certainly is a thing that happens. I, I don't know if it's really an issue. It's more like an age thing. Right? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's yeah. like, it, I'm just saying she didn't grow up with it. She's not like a stupid right. person. It's just that she's like, uh, I'd rather just, you know, clean the floors, get my money that way. And when we say that, you know, people are going to have to learn new skills, that's what we mean. Society itself is going to create an entirely new set of skills that a person has to learn and just sort of innately learns by going through society and living one's life. I didn't have to learn how to use a computer. I just had one thrust upon me and I started using it and eventually I figured it out. Mm -hmm. Like, I think about the fact that I was like, I don't know, seven making emails to log into Neopets. And it's like, that's something that some older people are just like, what? What do you want me to do? You know? Yeah, absolutely. It, well, Neopets, it, I, I can see what, what they're coming from. And, you know, that comes right back to the issue of someone from 100 years ago. It's so simple to us. Just so some, even an easier job than being a Burger King cook, like answering phones, being at a help desk, a tech support person at, behind a help desk. All you have to do, you don't even have to be able to speak English very well. All you have to do, you can sit in India and make $2 an hour reading a script. And just clicking whether they say yes or no. You couldn't train someone from 100 years ago to do that because they don't have any of the skills necessary in order to make it work. So, yes, we put that person out of his job because he assembled stuff on some production line and now a robot does that. But we lifted up all of society and created entirely new sets of skills for people to learn. These things happen slowly. It's not like everyone is going to wake up one day and there's this new robot. Now, no one has to work and everyone's out of a job and everyone's going to starve to death or whatever. These things are slow and there are new skills that we are constantly learning, constantly developing and constantly mastering and going on to use in our, quote, jobs. Something like a fry cook didn't even exist as a job. Well, I'm sure it did, but not in the capacity it does today because most people cook their own food at home, right? So Henry Williams is a freelance writer from London, and he thinks that ChatGPT, which I've tried to use, but it's backlogged, apparently. I didn't hmm. make the window to sign into it. Do you have to create an account to use this thing? I'm curious. Yeah. You do? Okay. I did. I was curious how it knew that I didn't have an account because there was never any sign-up option or anything. I just went to it, and it was like, oh, we're full right now. I was like, well, how do you? Wow. I didn't Maybe even realize I was like making a window or anything. I just signed up and started using it. Yeah, I thought it would be, you know, relatively, but it I makes it makes sense. You know, all of the demand for chat GPT right now is really popular. People are loving it. And I would like to be able to try it out. I've used a lot of these chat bots, but again, chat GPT isn't really a chat bot. It's more like a, a writing generator. And for those who don't understand the difference, a chat bot will converse with you. Chat GPT, it will converse with you, but that's not really what it's for. It's for like generating articles and scripts and plays and whatever else you want to generate. One journalist developed by tech company OpenAI, and there's nothing open about OpenAI. Chat GPT can complete many tasks in seconds, including writing essays, poems, and even complex code. And this is why it's being banned. I think the state of New York banned ChatGPT from its school systems 
Because they're like, well, a student can go oh, here and yeah. say, you know, generate me an article about, you know, I don't, whatever, about but, the industrial era, and it'll do it. But they have technology that they use to screen for plagiarism and, you know, stuff like that. So I don't get why they couldn't have use a similar thing to see if kids are using chat GPT to well, generate. Well, what if a kid well they probably didn't... do, but they've banned it and told students they can't use it. What, what oh, but it, yeah, well, yeah, to do their assignments, obviously. But see, that's stupid. That that's absurd. If the assignment can be done by a chatbot, then drop but, the assignment. It's right, not a skill like, a human needs. When I took a uh, accounting, I don't agree with that. When I took accounting in uh, high school, I really liked it um, because I, I if, when I first heard about it, I thought it was gonna be a lot of math, but it was like there's math. But our teacher was like, use a calculator. You're never gonna get hired as an accountant, and they're gonna want you doing math on scrap sheets of so, paper. So like. And that's kind of my point here where like just because a calculator can do math for you doesn't mean you don't need to know how to do math. You know, it's still important to know like two plus two. You know how much math a day at my job I have to do in my head? If I used a calculator, I would be so slow. That's, well, definitely that's, the building blocks should be there. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think there's a middle ground here where you do need to have the building blocks. It's not necessary to be able to do like 256 plus 140 in your head. 396 by the way yeah. <laughs> like, well you probably should be able to do that but i just i can't do that that fast <laughs> yeah, like see, seriously not everyone i just can c- i couldn't when like, i go get when i stop at a gas station i go and i get like a drink or whatever and it and i say give me the rest of 20 on you know pump seven or whatever i have seen cashiers just freeze in terror as me. they have to figure out what what to give me in gas and it's like i can look at it and say oh it's 277 mm-hmm. okay well then give me 1723 in gas that used to be me until i worked at the last convenience store i worked at i mean i didn't have to do it in gas but anyways they just told me to use a calculator so i would just sit there and use the calculator and i knew I mean, it was to probably, double check yeah it's it's probably driving idea. people crazy that i was using calculator but it would take longer for me to do it in my head it's like i'm not stupid i could do it it's just that it doesn't happen fast it's but like not everyone can even do it hmm. when some people when, when we when we do this they, they treat it like it's a superpower and they're like oh <laughs> i could i could never do that it's like dude it's it's arithmetic i learned this in the second grade i'd or maybe even the first. I don't. There's nothing complicated about this. It's taking two numbers and adding them together. But there's something like innate that some people have with either doing it fast or not. And uh, like it's like my dad can do that. He can do fractions and stuff like that. And I can't do that in my head basically at all. But I definitely can't do it fast. But um, he's not good at like English. And then my mom is horrible at math, but great at like English. And, and neither one of them are dumb. They could figure it out because we have the internet and stuff. But, you know, I'm just not sure that it's it's doing the world any good for a person to be able to. I mean, basic arithmetic, that may be too simple. That's like being able to write a sentence. Yes. A high school student, even after the existence of chat GPT, needs to be able to write a complete sentence. And they'd probably need to be able to write a complete paragraph. And they, I don't know if they really need the. I don't know if they, they need the ability to write an essay or not. If, if it can be done, if every essay they'll ever need to write can be done by this AI, I don't know that I agree they need to have the ability to do it. So I really don't like humans relying on technology so much. I think it's really important for people to be able to do most of these things. I agree. that I actually agree with that entirely. That's why none of this smart nonsense is anywhere in my house. Yeah. Well, my thing is just like, 
I don't think that everyone needs to be able to do everything. If a kid tried out math and it's just like, no, I hate this. I don't want to be doing this. They should be able to literally not know anything about math and just use calculators and stuff. I agree with that. Yeah, but I don't because no one likes math at first. Well, right. I'm not okay. Maybe not like none of it. Like they should still have the building blocks that help them through society. I'm just saying they don't need to take calculus and even geometry and algebra if that they're just like sure that they don't want to do that. And I mean, when you get older, you can still learn it if you want to. You can, but I I don't know, man. I I hated math, and I didn't love math until I took college level calculus, and that was the point that I fell in love with math, and I realized how how really elegant mathematics is especially that's, calculus and trigonometry right it's super yeah. nerdy right well no, I'm, i was gonna say that's the point when i started to hate math is when i took calculus <laughs> Man, that was when i fell in love with it because just, just the elegance just that was when i decided like it doesn't make me think that we should make everyone learn them like he could be spending all his time on or more of his time on the stuff he really likes and is really good at and wants to do for a living instead of math you know what i mean like i, I mean, just don't think everyone needs to learn the same thing and i think as far as uh education for children goes i think it is important to let kids guide their own education so if you have like a four-year-old who's super into math but he doesn't want to learn how to read, let him run with the math, and eventually he will get to a point in his math education where he's going to need to start to learn how to read. Things kind of just balance out like that. Maybe he won't be an author, you know, or maybe the kid that hates doing math, you know, they won't be a mathematician or an accountant, but it does, it will, I do think that kids eventually will round out to be able to do things good enough. And I do agree with you, Bonnie. Not everyone needs to be an expert in everything or even necessarily well-rounded in everything. I think things balance out enough for people to be able to do what they need to be able to do. I don't know where I fall on the issue. Certainly, you don't need to be an expert in everything. I mean, that goes without saying. But there are many skills in which one needs a basic level of competence, I, I think. And as long as they have those competent, that competence, I don't care beyond that. And that competence is simple things. It's, I'm setting a really low bar here of being able to write a complete sentence, being able to add two four digit numbers yeah. together. And that, that's not overly complicated. And I don't care if you need to take out a pencil and a sheet of paper to do it, but I think it's important that a person be able to add two four digit numbers together and maybe even subtract and multiply and divide four-digit numbers yeah, absolutely but beyond that i don't know that it's it's never done me any good to to know college level calculus or trigonometry or even be able to calculate the radius or the area of a circle never been any use to me whatsoever so it's probably not helpful to teach people that unless they're super into it but or it's good like you know they're gonna be an architect or yes. whatever. Well, see, that was how I ended up taking calculus. I hated math, right? But I wanted to, I was majoring in physics and there's a lot of math in physics. A lot, of, it's like 98% calculus and the rest is thinking about calculus. And But so there was a reason why I ended up switching to something else, but I hated every step that led up to it. And I would never have exposed myself to the subject voluntarily if it wasn't like tied to something else that I did want to learn. Like I wanted to learn physics and I wanted to master physics and that required mastering the calculus, but the calculus I hated. If that makes any sense, I I would never have been like, yes, I want to take college calculus, right? 
So that's, that's one of the skills that I think. But I think there's plenty of things I haven't tried that I would like if I tried. Like today, Nikki's uh, fiance sh- t- showed me how to drive stick. And it's like, I never really felt like I wanted to, but it was actually really fun. Like, I felt like my little avatar body was like, yay, a new thing, you know? It's also a useful skill to have, speaking that, of true. useful skills. I mean, you mentioned that now, I mean, you, you can't just drive off casually, but if there's an emergency, you could... And, I know how it works. Yeah, and you were the only person here. You could drive the vehicle in order to handle that emergency. Right. And not everyone could. Other people would... One of our uh, employees, someone was going to borrow one of my cars from me, and I asked him, can you drive a stick shift? And he's like, yeah, of course. I was like, okay, good, because my Eclipse isn't automatic, but I don't loan out my Eclipse. So he came to my house, and he gets in, and he's like, I don't know, how, nothing's happening when I turn the key. It's not cranking. I was like, the clutch. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, are you holding the clutch down? He's like, which one's the clutch? I just so, don't understand why he would tell you he knew how to do it. Because he thought that he did. You know, it, it was yeah. classic Dunning-Kruger where he thought, well, he thought that driving a manual or driving a stick shift, you know how some of these cars, they have the automatic thing, but you can switch it over to oh. the right and plus. Yeah, and no, and that's and different. No. No. My Eclipse <laughs> has that. And I, as someone who can drive a stick, I hate that crap. Maybe he what just is the thought point? that's totally different. That's not the that's same what, at all. That's what he thought driving a stick was. Maybe though. he just oh. thought because it had the Prindle at all, oh, it he thought been that, that was yeah. the stick. <laughs> Man, the stick... The, you drive oh, yeah, a stick and you can put it into drive, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. But it's just done in Kruger. He had no idea what was actually involved in it. And because of that, he didn't get to work that night because it's just absolutely insane that someone could reach adulthood and not know how to drive a stick, I <laughs> guess. I, mean, I don't think that's <laughs> insane, but I do think that people should learn how to. But then again, I mean, manual technology is kind of obsolete at this point. Mm-hmm. We don't really need it. I have to go out of my way to find cars that are manual to buy. You only buy manuals? Yeah. Okay. Well, that's that's a choice, right? Yeah. I don't mind automatics. I do prefer a manual, though. Like, I have more fun driving a manual. It's more mm-hmm. engaging. It requires me to pay more attention. I suspect, never having looked at any numbers on this subject, I suspect that people who drive manuals are less likely to be in an accident than people who drive automatics. Why? Because you more, I feel like I was just way more distracted. It was really fun, but like I would, I went in front of the Hannaford, and you know, had to stop for all the passengers, and I was like, there's a lot to be thinking of. If I had my dog in the back jumping around and talking to somebody, well, eventually it becomes like second nature. That's probably what it is. But it's a level of second nature that requires more thought and more focus than just putting it in drive. Maybe I'm wrong. Six zero three two eight three six one six zero. You can weigh in. Can you drive a stick shift? It's Free Talk Live. Apparently, the Holy Spirit is the tortilla. It would turn out 603-283-6160 if you'd like to join us at 603-283-6116. With you tonight, it's Aria, Nikki, and Bonnie. And for those who weren't listening last night, we ended up having quite a conversation about uh, Christianity and religion in general, and especially the subject of the Trinity. And I ended up going home last night and I mentioned on Facebook that we took calls on the subject all night long. It was a rare episode where we just had the one topic that we talked about all night. And I pointed out that despite many people calling in and attempting to explain the Trinity to us, 
What happened more often than not was that people just revealed that they had never given the subject any thought whatsoever. It was just one of these things they knew they and they they were sure they could explain it, but as soon as they started talking, they lost it all. And then they were like, "Well, one guy was like, well, it's the definition of words and changes, and it was completely bizarre." You see, it's just a burrito, right? And I. The very first comment I got was from a libertarian. He may or may not be listening to the show. I I don't know if he listens to the show or not. I'm assuming not because he didn't call last night. But the very first comment was, well, a friend of mine once said to me, how can you have rice and beans and a tortilla and it still be a burrito, but you still have rice and beans and a tortilla? And damn, that that pretty much sums up the idea of the Trinity. That that explains it in a way that is neat and concise and sensible. But there's something about it that doesn't fit, and and I I don't care enough to put enough brain cells into figuring out why it doesn't work Maybe as an it's analogy. They talk to each other like they're not one body, soul, and spirit necessarily. If they all talk to each other, because like one, if if you believe that humans are bodies, souls, and spirits, well. Our body doesn't talk to our soul and talk to our spirit like we're all three people. Like, in Genesis, they talk to each other. That's what's strange about it to me. How is it... I don't think it could be a a bean cheese tortilla or whatever. Well, the bean could talk to the cheese and could talk to the tortilla, right? They they could all talk to each other and together... mingling, right? But I was using it more like if that's the analogy for, oh, it's all one person with three different elements. What's weird to me is it... I don't understand how it's three different elements... But they can all separate and talk to each other because like your soul, I guess your soul could leave your body. I, I, I thought of that because well, the idea Jesus, of- say Jesus is the soul. I don't know. He left the gods and came here. But I guess your soul could leave the body and uh, astral project. Well, besides that, the idea is that you still have the beans. I mean, they are inside the tortilla. They are inside the burrito. But you still have the beans. They are still there and they are still beans. Yeah, you can open it up yeah. and dump and you, it out and it's, they're beans. Yeah, and but it would not still be a burrito if you remove yeah. the beans. I it, guess I don't know enough about the Holy Trinity to know why no this one does. even it, matters. Well, because the reason I brought it up was because there's a, uh, Christians argue that God is his own son. And that, that that so that's what this is about? That's ultimately what this is about. No, yes. that doesn't even make sense. I know it doesn't make sense, but I... Pr- Do I, I really think that? Yeah, Jesus is the Son of God, and Jesus well, is God. They, they I didn't know they thought that. They absolutely, every Christian out there believes it. I think that they haven't thought that much about it, because there's obviously some kind of history that isn't in the Bible. Because if God is, I could see it being a possibility, but it's just that we don't have the information. Like, if God existed, and then Jesus existed after, because it doesn't say that Jesus has always existed, I don't think. I think it just says God has always existed. That would make him his son. In the son. beginning was the word, and the word was forever or whatever. It, was with it, and God. Jesus was the word. It, it suggests that Jesus did exist in ter- eternally. It doesn't say Jesus, because it's Genesis. No, but Jesus does say, I am the word, hmm. at one point. And then the, they go so on in a different book to say that... I mean, none of this is clear and explicit, right? It, I mean, yeah. But that's the beginning be. of Earth. That's what I'm saying. That's the beginning of Earth. That doesn't mean that's the beginning of God. So some lots of history could have happened before Earth was created in the Bible. Well, if you ask a Christian, they'll say God had no beginning. God has always existed. Yeah, and but would Jesus have a beginning? That's what I'm saying. Jesus no, could no, have a beginning. No, because Jesus is God. They, they, they are inseparable. I don't think it says that necessarily. Well, it, 
it doesn't say anything about hell, but that doesn't stop Christians from believing in hell, right? What the Bible actually says is irrelevant to most of their beliefs. I mean, and a lot of this doesn't make sense. You know, a lot of the stories in the Bible, it's like, okay, well, that's impossible. That's impossible. That's impossible. Yeah, let's talk about God having a son without, you know, Jesus having a mother in the first place. He, he needed a woman to be born. Yeah, that's impossible. And but, that's the so. thing about the Trinity that uh, makes the least sense to me is that there's no female in it. Because in all the cultures before Christianity, like Egyptian, there was always Trinity, but it wasn't, there were three different beings. They weren't one, but there was always like a holy trinity. There's always a man, a woman, and a son. And that makes sense to me. But it doesn't make sense to me to be like a spirit, another spirit that is more male, and then a son. You know, I think that they purposely took the woman away for whatever reason. Well, yeah, the patriarchy, you know what I mean? But the reason I bring it up is because we have Major Payne on the line from Michigan, and he says he can clarify some of this. Major, you're on Free Talk Live. Well, in Catholicism, they didn't take the woman away because Mary is held in very high regard. Well, that's not but, part of the Trinity. Trinity, she's the fourth. Yeah, exactly. But you, um, you guys want to touch on the Trinity, and uh, and is she considered God or is she a lesser being? She's just a human. She is the intercessory between us and them. She she's a mother. She's kind hearted. She has feelings. And what the mother asks, the son will do. And what the son asks, the father, the father will do. It's kind of like a respectful family. Okay? So Christian, but I mean, so Catholicism in, sort I of. In, hey, I don't want to get into Mary. I want to get into the Trinity here. Well, yeah, I mean, okay, but you brought her up, and I'm I'm curious about I it because I don't know I much did. about Catholicism. I was saying that women were disregarded, and that's BS right there. But the Trinity, there is a small spark of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit that exists in us all. And I'll ask you guys a question. Have you ever had that gut feeling where you knew something was wrong or the hair stood up on the back of your neck and you couldn't explain it? But that damn feeling was right, and if you hadn't run, you'd be in deep duty. Yeah, your intuition. Yeah, it's my soul and my my true self and my you know intuition also. And uh, well, that, energy that's field. The Holy Spirit, that's the Son and the Father. But you can just Holy you can Spirit say lives. that it doesn't make it true. The Holy Spirit lives in your gut. Listen, it took me thirty years to figure out what they meant by reading between the lines. What is and the I'm Holy Spirit? 30, I'm giving you thirty more years of my aspects of this right now. Sure, if you'll bear with me and listen. I, I'm trying okay. to. What so What the is the Holy Spirit, Spirit? The Holy Spirit lives in your gut. He's the one that makes you feel the, the primordial. But what is he? Son, he lives in your heart, and he makes you feel love. And, and the Godhead lives between your ears. And when the, when the hair stands up on the back of your neck, that's all three of them talking at once. Okay, but what is the Holy Spirit? He is your channel between the natural and the universal. That's okay. about as best as I can explain it, hon. I don't fully understand the concept of the Holy Spirit. So I, well, I understand the concept of a father and a son and all of that. But then they say the Holy Spirit and they don't Christians don't offer any sort of explanation about what this entity is. I mean, like you I mentioned that it's me. my connection. Does it have an existence independent of me? If there if there were no humans, no, no people in the universe would the holy spirit still exist 
Well, I don't know. Maybe you'd be better off to understand it as as um, your own angel. I th- the little the, the little bit connecting you to this earth and to the universe. I mean, we can we can say that, sure, but there's nothing but speculation and the assertion that such an entity exists. Honey, our whole lives are stories. Yeah. Yeah, I'm what, not. What is, I, I'm not what, trying to convince what, you that there isn't wait, a God. I'm just what, saying you, you, you saying that doesn't make it so, right? Well, what a, a skyscraper you can see and exist, right? Yeah, generally. Okay, that, that's just one story built on another story, built on another story, built on another story. As are we? Yeah, yeah, but that's a different kind of story, right? I mean, well, the it, stories, it, the mythologies, and stuff order. like that are different. I just can't imagine that. But, a god that is everything there that ever was and nothing would exist without his thought form creating it first would be able to be so summed up like i just can't think of i have more respect for god than christians that's what all i have to say about it is just like god isn't somebody who has talked to moses and told us not to do and to do certain things i think that god is so much more powerful and amazing than that and i don't even think I, I just think that it's like, honestly, like literally it makes me a little like sad for people. Like I'm not trying to change your mind, but you're telling me what is. And I guess I, it makes me annoyed because I just, you can't tell me what is. You can tell me what you believe without right. me getting annoyed. I, 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 I understand your feeling about God and I actually do agree with you, but you got to look at the, let's say a hundred cooks. They all want to change the recipe just a little bit. Just like telling a story around a campfire. After it gets whispered into the third ear, it's already changed. Yes, but see, what, what the, the issue with a lot of religious people, and I was, I'm not saying you're doing this, but the issue with a lot of religious people is that they say, this is the recipe. All of your other recipes are wrong. This is the recipe. I say so, and I'm right because my, because the recipe says so. And then they you start can, wars over it. You can see the, well, that aside, you can see the recipe right here. I'm clearly right because the recipe says so. It, but that well, doesn't that, make that, it right. That all goes back to the popes during the Dark Ages and whatnot. And, you know, there was a lot of books that were left out that probably should have been put in. And there was, I mean, it, it was it was all, they tried, as all politicians do, the church at that time was the political head. Right. right? I understand he, all of that. He, I'm just he, coming back he, to Bonnie's I, point. Oh. Which is essentially that you can you can say a thing, you can tell us what you believe, but you can't tell us what is. That's all I was getting at. Like well, I you can tell me your I, recipe all you want, but that doesn't convince me that your recipe is right. We're right back to the hundred cooks. Who knows what's right? Right. And not many. Not, thank you so much for the call tonight, Major. I mean, not a lot of Christians are willing to extend even that olive branch. I mean, they have an entire afterlife set up. For people who don't believe exactly how they believe. And I think that's the most tragic part of Christianity. Absolutely. And I think that is very much intentional because it's hell is not mentioned in the Bible. It's kind of thing. It's something that humans just made up to scare people into guilt people into believing in their religion. Because for some reason in all of history before Christianity, it was cool for people to have other religions. As far as I know it, maybe I don't know enough about history, but it it pretty much seemed like people just had their own religions, their own whatever, and it was cool. But for some reason, when Christianity and Catholicism came around, they felt the need to 
force their religion on every single people that they conquered and they just needed every single person in the entire world to be a Christian. Yeah. Whereas before there were, you know, so many different religions and so many different belief systems and people seemed to just like that was just fine. I don't know. There was definitely other religions that conquered others like Zoroastrianism was like the Persian religion and that's what everybody believed in. And then whenever Muhammad had his dream and stuff and people, I don't know why I said dream, vision, whatever, and people started becoming uh, Muslims, they tore that, like, they you're not allowed to be Zoroastrianism anymore. We comp- conquered this area. I'm not saying Muhammad himself. I don't know who, but you uh, have to be a Muslim. I suspect there are stories like that in all religions, e- like even Buddhism thing. and Hinduism. Yeah, it's a, it's a matter of control, right? Anytime one of these systems starts built it starts being built and it starts gaining traction some immoral person goes i can use this to control other people Mm -hmm. and then they start you know chopping heads off and persecuting people and all of those horrible things but bonnie you mentioned how christians don't seem to have much respect for their god and that's a beautiful way of putting it i absolutely love that and it's the the way that god is described by christians in the bible what a sad pathetic creature that God is. I, I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. The yeah, creator uh, yeah, the creator of the universe yeah. is jealous. Doesn't add up. <laughs> and like the way it was always explained to me was like, it's not jealous like me and you feel. It's just that he deserves respect. But I think that I just think of the creator of the universe as being like, that thing down there doesn't respect me. They'll figure it out. They're in the they're in the system that's set up for them to, you know, figure it out. You know, something like that. More than like sitting around being all like, you need to believe in me. I just don't understand that. And it's not just uh, the Old Testament stuff. It's like uh, Jesus, he never claimed to be a God. He claimed to be the son of God and uh, stuff like that. He also said the kingdom is, of God is within you to to everyone listening to him. And um, I think his main message is really missed. I think that he was trying to tell people. He lit- literally referenced a old testament like psalm i think that says don't you know that ye are gods and i just think that jesus was trying to get away a different message out and people just basically watered it down to oh he's god and well i i certainly think that jesus is more positive than what the average christian actually says and does and believes but there's a huge disconnect between the God Yahweh and Jesus himself. But let's keep going with the phones. We have Joe on the line from Maryland. Joe, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, hi, Aria. Hi, Bonnie. And hi, Nikki. Hi. What's on okay. your mind tonight? Okay. Well, let me uh, tell you why I believe in God. In uh, 2006, in September, I went to uh, something called the Red Road Gathering. And I went to an Indian reservation. And um, they were talking about the road to God and everything like that. Well, they had a Reiki healer, and I was outside. It was pretty warm. And the Reiki healer was had the hands over me and stuff like that, and she was moving the hands. Well, I felt the warmth of the sun in my face, and I went into a trance. And I had a vision. And the vision was, I'm in a clear room, and it expanded for eternity, and there was nothing. I saw a yellow ball at the top of my left-hand side. 
Suddenly, the yellow ball exploded. I saw these prisms, and they were purple, green, and yellow. And the light was emanating through them. Suddenly, I saw the universe being created. Stars, planets. I'm letting you go on, but I do want to point out that this entire story, you could have just said, I believe in God because I had a vision that there was a God. Oh, I'm pretty interested (laughs) in it. Yeah, that's why I'm letting him go on. I just want to, there, there's a much shorter way to convey this story. Okay, well, I saw the And the details of your vision, created. while fascinating, they're not going to persuade anyone but you. Right. Well, that's why I'm God, and that's why I told you. See, what you don't have, Aria, is faith. Right. And that's what... That, that's the common argument, that you have to believe faith. in God in order to feel like there is a God, and that's... That, that just feels like blind trust. I don't have to believe in my cell phone for it to be here. I can, I can not believe it if I choose to not believe in it. I don't have to believe in this bottle. I don't have to believe in this pen. I don't have to believe in you, Joe, for you to exist. Right. Or, for, or to well, have evidence you that you, you exist. I, I don't like the way I, that I faith is... Because you don't have faith. I don't like the way that faith is That's usually all. defined by okay. people. Faith doesn't trust that something exists. I have always really struggled with this because my middle name is Faith and I always wanted to know what it really meant. I always wanted to know what a judgment really meant and all these things that they take for granted in the in the Bible and in church, like they just say it and without really describing it. And I think now that faith is just uh, like not closing yourself off to a possibility. Like, faith is gullibility. I think that it's um, to have blind faith is a different it's the way it's always described but blind faith is different than i'm open to a possibility and if you don't have that at all then you're closing yourself off to something and that's what i think is more special about it than absolute trust that something is the way that somebody else told you it is i i think that um opening your mind to possibilities that any it doesn't have to have anything to do with god is uh, a quality that is i think so beautiful in people and um, most people don't have it. I'm not saying that Arya needs to have it in God, but like when I when I was a kid, I basically just treated everyone like I already knew everything about them. Everybody, you know, I'm basically better than everyone. And I met this person, one of my best friends that I met in uh, eighth grade, and he would just simply ask me uh, whenever I was talking crap about other people or whatever, like, oh, I don't like her. He would just be like, you need to open your mind to the possibility that you would like her just little things like that all the time and uh i think that that is but that that's, Go ahead, that's, what, faith's all, that's what faith's all about you learn things but that's not what faith is all about faith that i look i'm faith. open to the possibility that there is a god right being open to the possibility is not having faith yeah i mean I, I've been a believer through most of my life, and I'm I'm still open to the possibility, especially the existence of a deist God. I absolutely could believe in a God that uh, some scientist out there that created this universe and devised all of these physical laws. I'm absolutely open to these possibilities. Well, God isn't isn't a scientist; he's an omnipotent being. Yeah, see, that's where you lose me, man. That is pure insanity talking. Omnipotent means that God can do anything, right? Exactly. Yep. Do you really believe that? Do you really believe that God could? I, I, God I could just will. Let me ask the damn God. question. Do you really believe that God could say yes? That V eight that you're holding, Arya, I'm going to turn it into a Chihuahua. Do you truly believe? Well, that, that, I mean, that science God could backs do that. that. Science backs that there is literally such thing as infinite. With two fi- with uh, two fishes and five loaves of bread. 
Jesus is the one person who changed the world the most. The thing about it is no one is going to convince someone else of something based on the fact that a book says it. And I'm not trying to convince Ari of that either. I don't I don't believe that uh, in the Christian God. I just really don't like uh, the idea of somebody telling somebody to murder other people being God or somebody who ruined somebody else's flock of pigs being God and just not having any idea that property rights are a good thing. I just really don't like that idea. But faith... I, I don't... Jesus didn't t- teach people to hurt anybody. Well, Jesus was You're asked by some demons, correct. can we go into the pigs instead of going to hell? And he said... Yeah, sure. And the pigs went and ran off a cliff and destroyed an entire town's economy. And I don't like that. She is correct. That story is in the Bible, Joe. Right. They were possessed, and he, uh, what do you call it, exercised the demons from them. And then the demons said, can we go into the pigs instead of going to hell? And he said, yeah, sure. Why would he do that? I think that's really uh, something that a human would do. Maybe, I'm not saying he did it on purpose to be evil. He probably, probably didn't realize what was going to happen or something. But, I mean, if this... Is he all knowing then? But the, but if the Jesus is God, possessed and Jesus saved their soul. But I'm talking about ruining the pigs. He killed a bunch of pigs in order to do it, though. And not to say nothing about animal abuse. Well, that they was drowned. Wisdom. What's wise about that? I mean, he could have just said, "No, you're a demon. Go, go to hell." To hell. I, yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't doubt the word of Christ. Well, that's see, all. that's the thing. That is that is not what faith is. You, you being like, I'm I have no doubt in anything because it's written down in the Bible is not faith. Faith is, I'm going to look out into the world and find what is. I know that I, I, I have no way of saying, I could just take my life and say, there's no way to know what is, but I want to put into the work into finding out what is, and I believe that it's a possibility. So I'm going to keep looking. And it has nothing to do with the Bible, because if you look at it enough, you'll be like, okay, this is not what it is, and let me continue. And I just, I don't like the word faith being used as blind faith. Yeah, the way you use faith, um, Joe, it, it really just reminds me of gullibility. It, 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 from what you're telling me, faith is the ability to blindly believe what other human beings tell you. Well, I'm not gullible, trust me. People called me a superior intellect. Okay. And I shouldn't believe in faith and stuff like that if I was that type of intellect. But I do. Jesus, like I said, he came onto this earth. He performed miracles. He changed this world more than anybody. And that's what Christians say, certainly. And Mao Zedong did. And like I said, his followers have have had an impact, sure. But I mean, we can't even prove whether or not the person such as Jesus Christ ever actually existed. But you can't use the actions of Christians. But you can't use the actions of Christians, Joe, to prove the existence of their deity. What? Everybody talks about Jesus. You can't prove he existed, but you're talking about him. That that doesn't mean he existed, right? (laughs) Well, no, but he. Well, there are stories about him. We can talk about Harry Potter. That doesn't mean Harry Potter exists. I I don't know. I think a person named Jesus did exist. Harry Potter has had a profound impact on the world. I just think that we we missed Jesus' message, and it's honestly really sad. Joe, thank you so much for the call tonight. I wish I could keep you around, but yeah, Harry Potter, uh, J.K. Rowling had a profound influence on the world. A lot of people are better people for having read the Harry Potter books. If that makes Jesus real, then it also makes Harry Potter real. 603-283-6160. There's more coming up. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. 
Talk Live. As always, you're invited to join us. Weigh in with your thoughts and opinions. 603-283-6160 if you would like to do that. Again, the number is 603-283-6160. With you in the studio tonight, it's Aria, Nikki, and Bonnie. And we got sidetracked a bit with a bit of a discussion about religion, carrying on the conversation from last night that we had. And I've had a lot of people accuse me of being hostile to uh, Christian callers. And I mean, maybe to an extent, but I don't think it's unreasonable and I don't think it's unjust. Like a lot of Christians will call in and they want to tell me what is, you know, it's kind of screwed up when you think about it to just go up to another human being in any context and say, no, you're wrong. And this is what's up. I know the mysteries of the universe and I'm going to share them with you right now. I also think it's a naive it is. To, uh, you know, the, these are things that we don't have concrete proof of. Like you kind of mentioned in the last segment, this cell phone, I'm holding, you know, like I can see it. This is more believable than, you know, I have evidence for this. The main thing is, I think that like the purpose of the universe is to try to figure these things out yourself and for humanity to do that. And I think Christianity, Islam, all these big religions were created just to keep people from doing that. These people aren't looking into any of the stuff I'm looking into. Yeah, they're it's, just, it's a cop-out. They're able to just be like, oh, if somebody figured that out for me, let me sit on my couch and eat Cheetos all day. Yeah, it's like, well, it's it's closing your mind off to all of these possibilities. And it and it is true that, you know, we're a call-in show. I'm inviting people to call in, and, you know, maybe they don't want to face hostility, and, and, you know, that's fine. But then don't begin the conversation with, well, you're wrong and you just need faith or something like that. That's going to set up an antagonistic relationship because I'm not a Christian. And I know that Christians out there, they can't even understand this possibility, but I don't believe what you believe. And your belief tells you that I'm going to be tortured for all eternity because I don't believe what you believe. That's 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 the actual ground zero of where this conversation starts. You can't just say, "Well, I, I believe in God and you know Jesus loves you," and, but because that's not actually the beginning. The beginning of this is, "I'm a sinner. I deserve eternal damnation, and I'm going to get it if I don't worship Jesus." Well, and I think that's why people are so preachy about it because you know you'll have your grandma that's like, "I need to yep. save your soul because I love you, and I don't want you to be damned for the rest of eternity if you're a non-believer," and it's just. It's manipulative. It is, and it's it's evil. It, it's even evil for those people. Like I feel sad for those people who think that all of their grandkids yeah. who don't believe exactly what they believe are going to hell. And I mean, ultimately, it is their fault too. But they were also like tricked. Yeah. So I I had a close friend. I think we were probably in high school at this point, and she was, you know, uh, she's very Christian, you know, involved in the church, whatever. And one of her family members was dying and didn't believe in God. And she came to me distraught because her grandmother or whoever it was was on their deathbed. And she was convinced that they were going to hell because they weren't a believer. And it was just so sad. And I, you know. Yeah, isn't that absolutely horrifying? It, it is. It's horrific. And at this point, you know, in high school, you're like pretty much a child, but you know, like you're definitely not quite an adult yet. And it just felt so sad to me that this religion and this, you know, philosophy is manipulating people in this way where they're going through this torment of thinking that themselves. I remember when I first, you know, kind of escaped Christianity, Catholicism, whatever, 
I, I was, there was so much back and forth yeah. because I was so afraid. I'm like, well, I don't really believe in this. And then whenever I would think that, no, I, I'm just kidding. I, I, I changed my mind. I believe, I believe, I believe because I was terrified because I was taught my whole life and conditioned my whole life. I'm going to go to hell. And I was so afraid of that punishment that anytime I would try to open my mind up to something different, I would have to take it back because of that fear. And that held me back for a really long time until I just stopped caring and couldn't deny it any longer that this is just not real. It's just so sad that the pursuit of truth would even have that kind of an element thrown into... Because the same thing happened to me. Like, when I started, like, looking into things to see... Like, this was my thought process. I was like, I'm going to look into this, and I'm going to be able to refute it all, and I'll still be a Christian. And that didn't happen. I'll I'll look into the all the reasons that people are atheists... And I'll be able to refute it all and I'll still remain a Christian. But if I don't do that, then I can't say I didn't do my due diligence. And then once I started realizing, like, it was the same thing. It was like that back and forth. Like, I'd be like, oh, my God, or like now I'm walking in the dark alone and I have to, uh, if I don't think about Jesus, like a demon's going to pop out. Like, seriously, like, I mean, that's yeah. sad that fear is even thrown into the mix when somebody is just trying to find out what is the truth. What's interesting to me about the subject of the fear and the threat of hell is that like, we had a caller last night who kept saying, well, it's not my place to judge or whatever. And that that's a cop-out. That is the ultimate cop-out. You're worshiping a God that you think is going to send me to hell for all eternity. My basic question to these Christians, to anyone out there who thinks I'm going to hell, do you think that's right? Do you think that's morally justified? Do you think God is right to send me to hell? And almost universally, their answer will be, well, it's not my place to judge. I'm not the one sending you to hell. No, no, no. But you're condoning it. You're worshiping this. I could not worship a creature that was so evil that it would torture someone at all, much yeah. less for all eternity. Well, and, and does it make sense that God is all seeing, all knowing, all powerful and all good? Can those three things exist all at once with the stories in the Bible? Well, it's obvious that none of those things can exist even independently, much less together and much yeah. less... I mean, look know. around at the world. One of the simplest questions, I mean, one of the silliest questions is, you know, can Jesus microwave a burrito so hot that he cannot eat it? And it's a silly what? question, right? But think about it. If God can do anything, then he can microwave a burrito to infinite temperatures, but he can also eat a burrito no matter how hot it is. But if he can eat a burrito no matter how hot it is, then he can't microwave it too hot. So mm. the, so omnipotence by itself is a logical fallacy. And when you start throwing in um, omnipresence, being everywhere at once, and omniscience, and knowing everything, and somehow you, you want to throw in free will that despite God being all-powerful, not very powerful, all powerful and all knowing, not really smart, already knows what I'm going to do and has a plan, which means God knows everything I'm ever going to do. And he has a plan built around me doing everything I'm going to do. I cannot deviate from that plan. Yeah, and how, so is how that could I possibly yeah. have free will? I can't. I'm, I'm a pawn in God's game. But all, none of these contradictions matter ultimately to the Christian. They just go, well, God's a mystery. No, it's, there's nothing mysterious about it. It's <laughs> no. just you're spewing because nonsense. For me, it ends right there. Yeah. That's where it ends. Yeah. So how At the do, impossibility. How do, we, how do we go past that? How do we move forward? I don't think we can. No, I mean, I don't think so. And the uh, the infinite regress is one of the biggest arguments that Christians have in their toolkits. Like, okay, the universe came from somewhere, so so to speak, and, you know, then God, where did God, God created the universe. So where did God come from? Well, there's some other God and they just terminate and say, well, God created the universe and God has always existed. And that's fine. However, 
It's unnecessary. We don't have to go that far because we know that matter cannot be created or destroyed. It can only change forms. The universe is a collection of matter and energy. The universe cannot be created or destroyed. It can only change forms. So the universe wasn't created by God. As far as I can tell, the universe has always existed. And must have always existed because matter can't be created or destroyed. I mean, I think, what if the universe is God? That's what I was going to say. I think me and Ian would believe basically that that just means that the universe is God. And that's why I say when people try to say that God is Jesus is Yahweh, it's more like disrespectful to God is because it's so much more complicated and mm-hmm. beautiful and amazing than that. Like just I'm reading a book and I talk about it all the time because it's been taking me like a year to read it because it's really long called The Secret Life of Plants. And just the stuff I didn't know about plants is until I read this book is so freaking complex and beautiful and all the things that go into it have something to do with like every part of the universe. Like the moon phase, if a moon phase isn't in the right phase, sometimes seeds won't sprout because they communicate with the moon and all these things coming at us, all this stuff coming at us from the sky at all times. Um, I don't know what, what to call it right now can't think of what th- those words. The like- universe is certainly more complex than Christianity suggests. And I, I don't know if I agree or disagree with the statement that the universe is God. I mean, the universe certainly exists and it is full of all sorts of wonder and things that I cannot comprehend and don't even have the capacity to comprehend. And we, but it we is. We can call that whatever we want. And right. I'm not saying it is God. I'm just saying it is. We know that. Yes, the universe it's is. True. One thing I love about nature is just like when we were going to court all the time for Ian's trial it's like I had to look at all this crap and uh, they have all these symbols in, in the church that I know are lies. So I'm looking at it and I have to constantly tell myself that's a lie. That's a lie because they have these horrible symbols all in this uh, church called the courthouse. And whenever we'd be driving there and I'd be looking out the window at the beautiful trees and stuff we were passing, I would just say to myself like, wow, this is truth. And the, I'm tired of having to sit in this courthouse of a bunch of crap lies. And what, am I, what was I trying to say about that? Basically, we, we know that it it is, and it's so beautiful beyond something we could possibly imagine. God doesn't have to be a person sitting somewhere, you know? Excellently said. Let's go to the phone's caller. You're on Free Talk Live. What's your name? Hey, this is Mark. Mark Watson, how you doing? Hey, Mark, what's on your mind tonight? Hey, I just wanted to call in. You got a great topic, and uh, I emailed Ian last night about it, and I just wanted to... Uh, Give a couple of thoughts. Absolutely. Uh, you brought up a lot of questions, and I and let me just say it first. I'm not going to be able to answer all your questions. So that's a beautiful that's a beautiful sentiment. Uh, just being able to say I don't know, I don't have all the answers. So here here's what I want to suggest. What is the the question that bothers almost every libertarian? Who would build the roads? <laughs> exactly. No, that's, that's actually the question. I thought yes, Bonnie was making a joke. I was. Well done. No, absolutely correct. That doesn't bother so me. I, I mean, I'm not well, worried about who's going to build the roads, but go ahead. Okay. The reason I bring that up is because there are questions that keep coming up from people who are not libertarian who ought to know because there have been decades and decades of writing to answer these questions by people who are libertarian who know the answers. Okay, I, I see what you're saying. Have information. So what I'm saying is it's kind of not fair to, uh, to a libertarian to be able to have to give all the answers that have already been written down and provided 
when someone asks a stupid question because it's already been answered. So what I'm going to say to you is libertarianism is a system of uh, belief, not faith, but belief. There is a certain amount of understanding that has to happen in the human mind to understand libertarianism. Yeah, so, and the belief that's why you don't need belief. It's well, you it's, do need belief. You need the belief that it's wrong to commit aggression against other people, and we, we, and you, you right. need the belief that that leads to a better society. But that is just a but belief. That's more of an understanding. But I it, think it I could under- be wrong. We don't know. I, I think that yeah. I understand that's true fact that it's better when people are not. But it's not a true force coercion against each other. It is a true fact. It's well, just not everybody's going to believe that. It doesn't matter if other people believe something that's true. What, what like, metric are you using to determine what is and isn't better? Because, because that's well, what determines whether or not it's accurate. Because there's no situation where people using force against each other is better. When has there ever been? Well, well somebody would have to prove that first. Well, that's your opinion, right? It's that not would be an, an opinion. opinion. Well, I, it's not my opinion that I need to breathe. For, I mean, every aspect. Better for who? I mean, you already know the answer of these things. If a person enjoys using violence against others, then it's better for them if they use violence against others. Well, I don't think it is. But it is. But because I don't it, think it, it really brings is. them joy. It doesn't necessarily bring them joy because people obviously don't understand what joy even is if they don't they don't understand how much better it could be if their idea of joy is hurting other people. But you can't okay. just say that doesn't really bring you joy. If, if, if you have a psychopath who finds joy in hurting Psychopaths other people. Psychopaths don't have joy. Okay. If you have an immoral person who finds joy in hurting other people, you can't say that he doesn't find joy in hurting other people. I, just, he I does. just haven't found somebody that that actually exists in them. Like everybody that's like a horrible person just hasn't realized a better way to live. Or maybe they, they believe they have. I also just feel like that's so your opinion. Beliefs right? are stupid. And I, I don't think that there is such thing as or I don't think that it's right to call libertarianism a system of beliefs. We understand that it would be better for everyone if people didn't use coercion because more prosperity in the world. There's no system that would make... But um, more prosperity in the world doesn't necessarily mean it's better. That's just the metric that you're using to determine what is and isn't better. Prosperity may ultimately be a bad thing. Maybe it would be better if humans lived like animals. Maybe the universe would be better. Animals don't, don't not live well, in prosperity, and animals also live... You that's know, what I'm saying. Prosperity own. doesn't necessarily mean a good thing. It, that is, it, may, it may be a bad thing. I'm, not, I'm, in, I'm saying animals don't not live in prosperity. Animals... Have everything they need okay. out in the wild. Well, some of them do. Some of them starve. Animals starve all the time. <laughs> can I can I call time out for a minute? Sure. Okay, I appreciate that. Believe me, I know the conversation can go all different directions. But let me let me say uh, that. I, can we I just say one thing before this is well, what I was trying to get to because we got really sidetracked. But here's one thing I just have to throw out there before you make the statement: is Christianity isn't the same as libertarianism because christianity isn't something that someone sat around and thought there's no better way to live life it's just something somebody was told this is the way it is so that's a belief system Uh, well yeah there are many doctrines and things but i'm i'm gonna suggest something else okay because we uh, as a libertarian and as an anarchist that i believe that i am uh i come at the bible and my faith from a voluntary perspective so the reason why i do that is because I look at the scripture that talks about saying the Ten Commandments. People don't read the Ten Commandments. They, they think they do, but they really don't. Like, the, there's a scripture just prior to the Ten Commandments, which explains why the Ten Commandments are being given. 
And the people were rescued out of Egypt, which was a government that was enslaving them. And so God was telling them, hey, don't be enslaved anymore. It said, you shall have no other gods before me. Why did it say that? Because God is not of the world. He's So all the humans on the earth, do not have the right to enslave each other. Okay. Yeah. Do you really want to get into the subject of God condoning slavery? Because I can pull up countless Bible verses where God explicitly condones slavery. Like where he straight up so says, it's okay for you to buy slaves. Those, Here's how to treat your slaves. Here's how to... Those Bible verses exist. And you can't say that... And the the reason why God said you can't have any other gods before me, it's explicitly stated in the Ten Commandments, because I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. That's the reason. The, so, and you look at commandment, in the commandment, it basically says you'll have no other gods before me. Why does it say that? It, because no I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. God. No, listen. No, I'm no telling you the verse. On the earth, no other human on the earth has the right to rule you. And you what does have that have to, to do with God being before them? The, the fact that can't possibly it being con- uh, considering Moses was mad that they were breaking the commandments already when he got there, when they were worshiping Baal or whatever, the, the calf, the calf, the golden calf. Well, he was he was sent to get the commandments. And when he came back, it was all hell breaking loose. But OK, things are not perfect. But this is my point. So things are not perfect today and things are not perfect then. But what I'm trying to get across is when someone says, well, God can tone slavery, what you're really missing is, no, he really doesn't. So when the Bible talks All right. about you shall have... Go ahead while I me, Google the actual leader. Bible for you. No, what I'm telling you is God is actually saying no human has the right to be the president of the United States, a congressman, a senator, a prime minister, a lord, a king. Then why did God per- his Why did God choose so, people to become the judges in the Old uh, Testament? Like you know, fifty years later, the judges so, and the priests. Yeah, and the, do you want me to go past so Ephesians judges- six verses five through eight, where Paul states, "Slaves, be obedient to your human masters with fear and trembling and sincerity of heart, as to Christ." Do I need to go further? Or to Colossians, or Timothy, or Titus, or even to, or even to the Old Testament. What I'm about, like Leviticus. I'm trying to get to a point. No, point what you're is saying is things that are you're 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 calling and telling us that you're a Christian, and then you're explicitly ignoring things that are literally stated in the Bible, and you're putting your own weird little spin on it, where somehow God's saying, "I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. You shouldn't worship anyone else." Is somehow Him saying you shouldn't have any kings, by the way? But here's some kings, and here's some judges for you. Which happened just... No, you're not letting me get a word in edgewise. What I'm saying is all that came in 1 Samuel 8. 1 Samuel 8 was, hey, we don't like the judges. The judges were there to handle civil matters between people. They were not there to lord over people. Somebody would have a problem with somebody else, and somebody had to arbitrate that problem, that, that resolution. That was not somebody trying to lord over somebody. That was tr- somebody trying to sort out problems between people. Well, what about when God so what, said that David was a man after his own heart and made him be king? So what happened was, in 1 Samuel 8, they demanded a king. Now, yeah. what if you, read the, if you read the chapter, it says... No, no, no. Let, let's, when, foc- when let, he, let's focus on that. They demanded something from God. 
and God yeah, God bowed because and gave in to them. Do you realize what a nonsensical thing you just said? Especially if it's something so evil as like a monarchy. Like, I can't imagine a God. So what happened? Bob, uh, Bonnie's right. There were judges in the land. And those judges were not perfect judges. And, the, and so the people were dissatisfied with them. And they demanded an earthly king. So what, the, what is that demand? That demand was a breaking of the first commandment, which you shall have no other gods before me. In fact, it explicitly says that in 1 Samuel 8. So God relents, tells them that... So despite having ordered them not to have any other gods before them, God decides to allow them to have a god before them? Because you're muddying the the word God so much that you're basically saying that a king is God. And I, I don't agree with that from the beginning. But even if we allow that, then we're buying into this idea that the God, the jealous God, gave in to these demands and gave these people a different God to worship rather than himself. No, what, I'm, what he was saying was he doesn't want anyone to let anyone rule over them. In other words, if you're a Christian, you should not seek after a president. So how did the Jews get God? How did they get God to do something that he didn't want to do? Because that's impressive. So what it was, is it was a sin, and they were breaking God's law. And he no, 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 said, no. No, you oh, said they got God to do it. They, they got God to do what he didn't want to do, which was to give them a king. So I need to know, man, how did they convince the all-knowing, all-powerful creator of the universe to do something that the all-knowing, all-powerful creator of the universe did not want to do? Is it a magic, is it a magic ring? Is it some Latin phrase? People have the right to choose to believe or not. Those people broke the commandment by their own free will, and God said, okay, here's what's going to happen with the kings in the land. He said, you're going to get it good and hard because this is how they treat you. And the reason why I'm mentioning that to you is because in verse 2 in Exodus, it says, I brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. He had already taken them out of slavery. Yeah, man, you're putting weird spins on stuff. Like Leviticus 25 here, your male and female slaves are to come from the nations around you. Well, it's just that the chosen chosen people weren't supposed to be slaves. They could have slaves and treat them badly. Right, but they could buy slaves. They were explicitly told they could have slaves. 603-283-6160. There's more coming up here. It is Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live, and as always, you can join us. You can weigh in with your thoughts and opinions, 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. We're in the studio tonight. It's Aria, Nikki, and Bonnie. And again, we do welcome all callers, especially Christians, 603-283-6160. But Wait, you didn't know. especially, I don't know about that. Well, I'm... For me, yeah, especially. I, I don't want to hear from other atheists or Satanists Oh, about out this there. topic. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. But I, I definitely want to hear from Christians. But it's important for you to understand that I know the Bible really, really well. And Bonnie knows the Bible really, really well. I don't. Well, I don't. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to say, I don't know whether Nikki does or not. But I know it pretty well. There's huge swaths I've never looked into. Certainly. But and that's I, true for me as well. I specifically spent... Years of my life as a kid studying Exodus and Genesis. 
But so, see, the average Christian hasn't. Yeah. The average Christian hasn't read the Bible, may not even have a well, Bible. Well, you don't have to because you just go to church and those people that, tell, tell you about you it. it that, that's absolutely true. That, and that's why the Catholic Church, resi- or were they the Catholic Church? I guess I don't know if they were. The Church of England, at the very least, resisted at the time the idea of translating the Bible into English. People were being put to death for really? translating the Bible out of Latin into English because that allowed it to be accessible to the common person. Where oh, they yeah, no we longer, can't have that. Yeah, no longer did you have to rely on the priest to tell you what the Bible said. You could go and read it yourself, and they did not like that one bit. That's why they wanted to keep it in Latin for such a long period of time. Was, mm, that's so, not sketchy at all. No, it's always been a matter of control. But th- most Christians, they don't know what's in the Bible. Their, their theology in their heads is some confusing mess of... Adam and Eve and some snake and Jesus and some bearded dude living in the sky and somehow he's magical and that's pretty much the extent of what you know about it for most Christians. And I, I don't know if this is true of any, any of the callers that we had, but if you're going to call the show to talk about this with us, you should know what the Bible says. And to the credit of the last caller, he did seem to know what the Bible said. He did have Bible verses that he could point to readily and quickly that he knew about. However, but the thing is, if he he probably knew about those other ones, but he has just some kind of answer. And another topic that we didn't get into with him, but he kind of uh, glossed over it was he was saying like, listen, it's not fair to make a libertarian explain every single time to everyone why uh, somebody else can build the roads. It's a simple question, but like it's been answered before. The thing about it being having been answered before by um, Christians on these other things is these aren't concrete topics. Like, who will build the road is a concrete answer. The answer is businesses who already build the roads. They just wouldn't need to be a third-party person. And I, I don't mind answering that again and again for the rest of eternity as people ask me that. But Christians want to be like, ugh, we already answered how God is three in one. No, you didn't. Humans can't answer that. I mean, not only is it not explained in the Bible, but you're not going to tell me that you already explained that when you haven't like met God personally, done anything to make me believe that you have done something greater than any other human being has claimed to do. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I wish more understood that. But let's keep going with the phones. We have Chuck on the line from Washington. Chuck, you're on Free Talk Live. I really liked it when y'all rap on these Bible things because it makes me think about when I was a kid and everything like that. And so uh, they seem to be popular episodes, but maybe that's yeah. because we're we're I'm holding my tongue so much about what I really think about Christianity, and for, for the most part, a lot of Christians. Well, and that's why I think that to go back to what you had said in previous shows. That's why I think Christianity is losing right now. They're losing ground because they can't explain these uh, things that they uh, say. You know, uh, you know the three, the Trinity, and uh, you know some of the um, the ma- the magic show uh, with the, uh, the fish and the bread and the wine and so on and so forth. So uh, the last caller is a perfect example, and I don't want to attack anybody. I, I don't want to be uh, on that kind of level here in in my uh, pursuit of spiritual understanding here, because uh, this is really why I'm calling. It's for me. 
Um, this person that was talking is a Bible verse builder, okay? So what they do is they uh, get you entangled into a conversation about, uh, they get you entangled in fellowship. And then what they do is they point out a bunch of different Bible verses that they know by heart that supports this whole theory that they're trying to throw out there, which doesn't make any sense to anybody else. But uh, somehow you're going to, uh, you know, Google what he was talking about, Samuel, yada, 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 and uh, in conjunction with Exodus and then uh, followed by, uh, uh, you know, something that Jesus said on the cross to support his whole He's probably a youth pastor, by the way. Did you ever pick up on that? I did. Or somebody that was uh, in that kind of... Uh, I did not, field. and I, I don't want to assume that about him. He seemed to me like just a, just a normal Christian that I would have known in the South. Oh, brother, I tell you, I, um, you know, here, what, what, here's what I know. I know Psalms 23. That's all I'm going to say. And that's... Uh, did either of you get the impression that he was like a youth no, minister? No, I mean, you didn't mention it. No, so. but I think I know what the call, this caller means. He's trying to say, like, oh, he's already got an explanation for, like, somebody who asks a question. He is yeah, gonna like teenagers g- questioning things. Right, and he's going to talk to them, like, this has already been answered. Here's the answer. You know, like, that, that's definitely happened to me. As so well. when we ask him who will build the roads, he's, he thinks he's the guy with the answers. When we ask a Christian, you know, these questions, basically, who will build the roads? But a Christian version of that, he's like, I've got the answer that's already been answered. Yep. Well, he's that guy. You know, Jesus told us, give to Caesar what a Caesar. So that means uh, what? To who? You know, when, it depends uh, on who you ask. I, I've heard at least two different interpretations of that verse, and both of them are plausible, <laughs> right? And about, about him being a Bible verse builder, like you're saying, I think the most important thing about the, what the last caller was doing was he was telling us something that was in the Bible, then adding in a little of his own interpretation. Like yeah, absolutely. He, you you got to put that on Front Street. You got to say, like, and this is what I think of like that, and that's what I believe. That's what... Then, then it's legitimate. But if you're telling me, like, and uh, uh, so God said, have no gods before me, and that's because he wanted them to not have slavery, then you got to be able to explain that because that part's not in the Bible. Even more to the, well, even more well, cutting, well, I don't really care what the Bible says. I mean, if you want to quote Bible verses to me about your theology, that's fine. But first, we have to establish your Bible as a credible source. And it, it hasn't, it has never been demonstrated to be a credible source. I'm sorry to uh, cut in here, but as far as slavery is concerned, the Bible has been one of the pillars in supporting American slavery. I mean, that was uh, quoted time in and time out to keep it in place. Do you uh, mean different? Uh, during the like prior to the Civil War, when the United States right. and its college states were arguing about Absolutely. slavery and whether or not. I mean, I haven't, you yes, keep saying were, absolutely, using, but I haven't even they were, they were finished using, the statement. They were, using, they were using scripture to keep that in place. Right. I'm trying to elaborate and explain what they were trying to keep in place, which was the institution of slavery. Americans were arguing about it. Some were saying it was wrong. Some people were saying it was moral. And the Christians in the United States were saying, no, look, slavery is fine. God is okay with slavery. And here's the Bible verses to prove it. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, uh, thank you. Christians don't but realize so, that. Well... The people, I, I, I think, again, I think that there's some people out there that look at Christianity as fire insurance. They'd rather believe in this because who wants to go to hell? I mean, who really wants that? 
Well, fire, no one. That's fire. that's the point of hell, right? But and that's what makes me so sad about all this. It's like I don't like thinking about my family members who only believe in this stuff because they're afraid. Yeah, like why? And that's the thing for me. Why do people need to be threatened to believe? It's just a major red flag for me because none of that is really even mentioned in the Bible. They're just spelling out all these things and elaborating on the text in creating their own story to manipulate people. It's caused me to be slightly deceitful with my grandmother, and I don't like that. Like, she knew I was an atheist prior to, you know, I mean, she's always, she's known that for the last, you know, 15 years of my life, however, but. She's always held out hope that I was going to become a Christian or whatever. Now I've moved to New Hampshire. We don't talk, but she occasionally texts me. So she asked me, have you found a church? And I was like, well, I mean, I went to a, to, there was a church nearby that I went to recently, which is true, but I'm, I'm avoiding answering the question and saying, no, I don't believe in God. I'm not wasting my time with this nonsense because she's like, what, 95 years old yeah, or something? Yeah, what's the point? Yeah, and you don't want her just you know? worrying like, oh, Arya's going right. to go and, to hell. But I, I shouldn't have to be deceitful like that. And I'm not lying to her. I mean, if she would ask me point blank, do you believe in you know God or whatever, I would answer yeah. the question. But I'm, I'm meticulously avoiding the question because I, I don't want her to be afraid for my everlasting soul. And that religion has yeah. caused her to be that way is absolutely disgusting. That this 90-year-old woman should never live in fear that one of her grandchildren is going to be tortured for all eternity by a God that supposedly loves them. Have you ever, uh, has anybody ever heard of uh, Father Harold Camping? No. Uh, okay, so. Is he the guy he who's always one... predicting, predicting the end of the world? Yeah. All right, then, okay. yeah, I knew the name was familiar. Okay, so he, he, he believed his version of uh, Christianity was the spiritually dead, if you're you're no, you don't go to hell because that's only uh, something that uh, basically this is what I gathered from many hours of really trying to understand what he was saying is basically what he was he can take scripture and say that you once you're dead you're dead you don't go to hell that it's just dead it's you're you're spiritually you're no longer connected with the Lord Jesus and uh and God and whatever you are you're you're it's basically nothing. Yeah, that sort of you're, fits with my understanding of what the Bible says about the afterlife as I understand it and it's been a really long time since I looked into it. It references two things that could be said to be hell. The first is the bottomless pit. The second is the lake of fire. The lake of fire is where souls are thrown to be destroyed. The non-believers are destroyed there. It's like the Mount Doom, and only there well, can souls be unmade or whatever, right? If it says that they're, they're there to be destroyed, why? where do people get the idea that you just stand in the fire and your body can't be burned and you get tortured for eternity? From Paradise Lost and Milton hmm. and Dante's ever, Inferno and, and other fan fiction of the Bible. <laughs> well, and that's, I mean, that's realistic. Much- yeah, that, that's what informs most Christian theology is Paradise Lost. I mean, when I was in, like, eight years old, my friend... Her parents gave me this like children's Bible thing in it elaborated heavily on what would happen in hell. A children's Jesus. book, a children's book <laughs> talking about things that fly around and zap you and the way you'll be tortured for all of eternity if you don't believe in God. This is what they're feeding to children. Yeah, that's horrifying. And the bottomless pit mentioned, I think it's only mentioned in the book of Revelation and it's reserved for Lucifer 
at the after yeah. the, all of that goes out, Lucifer is going to wow. be thrown into the bottomless pit. So if this isn't even really mentioned in the Bible, just maybe briefly, vaguely, then why are we, <laughs> you know, creating these books of like, oh, this is an easy to digest version of scripture <laughs> for children where we're talking about how we're going to torture them. It's just... Yeah, thanks Seriously? so much for the call tonight, Chuck. And you know, I don't, I don't get it either, especially for children, because this is how they rope you in, right? They, they don't. That's why. That's why they do it. They yeah. have to start you young with the fear. But see, they don't do the fear that early. I was exposed to this, Bonnie. You were exposed to this, and I'm sure you were too as well. But they never talked about the threat of hell when I was five years old. They talked about sin and how God wanted me to be a good person, all that stuff. But it was all about how Jesus loves you. Yeah, that's Jesus, how they start. Jesus yeah. loves the little children. He loves you so much that he could just explode in happiness. That's how they start you. They, in church, yes. He's watching over you from the clouds, and he loves you, and he's taking care of you. And they paint this warm, beautiful picture of the hell. That doesn't come until later. See, uh, my mom is like a really different Christian. She doesn't have like some kind of sect she belongs to. She would just like look for the type of people that she vibed with wherever we went. And, like, from a very young age, my mom was like, demons will come into your room at night if you're doing these bad things. Like, I don't want to scare you, but if you lie, (laughs) then demons will come into your body. Uh, I'm sorry, but that is funny. I don't want to scare you, but demons are coming for you. She would always want to (laughs) say that she didn't want to put a spirit of fear into me, but, I like, she wanted me to understand this stuff. And it was just like... I'm not trying to be mean to my mom. It's just that I really think that that is mind control. And Nikki, it's you traumatizing. Said, yeah. That is. Nikki, you said they started with the fear early in you, like with this pamphlet? Yeah, it was a book. It was a children's yeah. book. And it, this God, was, by that's... the way, this my parents were never very religious. At this point, I had already, I think I was seven, eight years old. I We had already stopped going to church, so my parents just weren't into it. They were like, this is a waste of time. Whatever. We don't care. You guys are baptized. Your souls are saved. Whatever. It was my friend who her parents were very, very religious, and they would always have me read these books and not tell my parents about it, by the way. Just go. They knew we didn't go to church, and they were like, well, we need to save this little girl. And they would... You know, and my friend would tell me all sorts of stories that I had never heard of. I didn't know about the things that flied around and zapped you. So I learned so much about religion and Christianity from this friend and her parents. And my my own parents had no clue the whole time. They probably still don't know. That's grooming. Absolutely. Yeah, if we want to talk about (laughs) grooming, that's grooming. That's a really good point, Bonnie. That is absolutely grooming. (laughs) And your mom intrigues me because... um, she sounds so much like what I would have expected my my grandmother and my uncle to be, but they never they never believed in the the actual. I mean, they believe in the demons, right, and the antichrist and all of that, but there there's a degree of separation where they don't generally they don't truly believe that a demon is going to find its way into the house or whatever. See, it's more of a spiritual non entity. My and- mom got really into this when I was five because. Uh, she already believed in that. I had my first exorcism before I was five. So she believed in it, it already. Don't know where she heard it from because I was too young to you know. You had your was... first. Oh, hold on. Stop. You had your first. My only exorcism. exorcism. Hold on. Okay. You had your exorcism. Yes. You were you were exorcised. Yes. So I was always having bad dreams like all the time. Like every night of my life, I would be like crying in my sleep, having bad dreams or going to my parents bed because I didn't want to be alone. Well, I had siblings, so I'd always go get in bed with my sister. 
And uh, my grandma would come and pray over me and stuff because they said I had demons in me because of that. I think the thing was I was afraid of all this crap I was hearing. Probably. And uh, so one time my parents' church broke off from the church that they were going to because they didn't believe in something that the pastor believed in. And we started going to this old lady's house named Miss Elaine. And I would always hang out Dude, in the basement. Dude, I thought my family was like religious hardcore. No, you're going to church in this old lady's house. You got me yeah. beat, Bonnie. It, it's, Hands it's, down. It's in Kansas. So I would go to <laughs> church in this old lady's house in Kansas. But me and my sister would play with this old, or not, or this grown man at, in the basement while my family was in church. And I always think that was really weird. But Everything geez. about this story is... <laughs> One day they came down and got me, just me, and brought me up with the congregation. There was like this man from Africa. I remember him very clearly. A bunch of old people and my mom. But my dad wasn't there and they for this. call us Satanists weird, man. I, the, the picture you're painting here is, is, is exactly what they accuse Satanists of doing. Here's little Bonnie in this basement with this weird old guy. <laughs> and she comes up and they've got all the whole congregation is there standing around solemnly waiting to perform some sort of craven ritual. I mean, so, good God. They put me on a chair in the middle of the, the living room and they all were standing around me praying like in tongues and stuff. And the African man was like, I think mostly like the leader, like he was started it off, started the praying and stuff. And I was like really bored. So I remember thinking, I'm going to look at each of them for an equal amount of time. Don't know why. I was like, I'd look at that one. Equal amount of time. Now it's time to move. I don't know why I was doing that. But my mom's. Well, you probably me, felt awkward, and that yeah. gave you something to focus yeah. your attention on, other than the weirdness of everything that was happening around you. So my mom told me, like years later, that my eyes turned black, and my mom doesn't lie; she believes that she saw that. So, I mean the the mind can do, and I'm not saying that maybe maybe your eyes did turn black. Who knows? I don't want to call her a liar, but the the mind can do crazy things when you really believe it's like an optical illusion almost you know yeah. so it isn't out of the realm of possibilities to see something like i mean i see stuff all the time that i'm like oh that wasn't real it was just um my mind playing tricks on me or i'm tired i think or- the term is pareidolia i believe yeah. is where you like you see faces and walls and stuff like that oh my god yeah. is that a or face? like a shadow yeah. like oh my gosh it's a it's a man standing there you turn on the light and it's not you know yeah. So, so yeah. Bonnie, my uh, and as you point out, the, the psychosomatic experience, I mean, it, it can be real if Bonnie as a child truly believed that she had demons and they were causing her bad dreams, then this exorcism could, in a very real way, exorcise those demons because that fulfills yeah, it's the like criteria. A placebo, right? yeah. mm-hmm. So, Mike, did it alleviate the bad dreams? Um, yeah, to an extent. I still had more bad dreams than normal, I think, the rest of my life, but... Now I don't have bad dreams at all. And uh, yeah. Amazing story. I'm going to need some time to process that. Thank you for sharing that, Bonnie. Let's go to the phone's caller. You're on Free Talk Live. What's your name? Ralph. Ralph, what's on your mind tonight? Well, it was about uh, (laughs) what's happening in Ukraine. But since you're talking about religion, I just wanted to mention something. You know, religion controls people with with myths and tall tales from what I've seen in my life. And uh, there's a, a, a film that uh, I watched uh, years ago. It's on YouTube, Ring of Power. It's a full-length documentary by Grace Powers. That's the title. And it's like almost five hours long. <laughs> oh, good. Okay, I was going to write down the name of it to watch it later, but if it's five hours long, I'm, I'm not well, going to pretend that I'm ever going to watch it. 
you you might really be interested once you start, but it's like a history lesson. And uh, back uh, like in about an hour and 30 minutes, something like that, uh, they start talking about um, um, Julius Caesar and Cleopatra. And, you know, Julius Caesar declared himself God. And, Did uh, he? Yeah. Okay. He had uh, children with, uh, yep, with um, Cleopatra. And uh, one, one of his children was named Caesarian. And uh, see, Caesar also had an adopted son. So when, uh, you know, when Isn't he that what the C and C section stands for? Yes, it, it is, and it, that's where it came from. Okay, that's, that's what I would have assumed. Thank you. Yep. So when, when, he, when Julius Caesar was killed, and then the thing with Mark Antony uh, hooking up with Cleopatra, and, and uh, then the, um, <clears throat> the emperor of, uh, of Rome, or he, uh, he, you know, he came and uh, Cleopatra committed suicide. And Mark Anthony died, and and uh, you know, it's a little confused in history about what happened to the children. Well, you know, like they say, uh, uh, Jesus, uh, uh, Jesus Christ, that's J.C. and Julius Caesar, J.C. That's kind of a little coincidence there. But uh, uh, the story was that uh, Caesarian, uh, they they were looking for him to kill him. Uh, because he, he, you know, he had, he had, um, well, he was Caesar's blood son, and uh, but Augustus. Well, the, yeah, but that doesn't have anything to do with gods. You, you don't just kill yeah, the king. He, you he have wanted, to also kill the king's son. I mean, that's just the way it was back then, because the king's son had a rightful claim to the throne. Right, but the adopted son, who had no blood ties to to Caesar, you know, he he was back in Rome, so he was in charge. So anyway, the story goes that, uh, you know, there's some missing years of Jesus. And uh, the story was that uh, they took him to uh, India. And, uh, you know, he spent time there and basically studied Buddhism and then came back and he wanted to, uh, he, he wanted to get his uh, rightful uh, place. So the hypothesis back. here is that Jesus is secretly Julius Caesar's son? Right. Is that where you're going? Okay. And uh, yeah, I've never cool. heard that one before. I've heard that um, about Jesus going to India, and that there's a specific book I wrote in my list of books that I want to read about, like the evidence yep. that Jesus went to India, and it, it it makes a lot of sense to me. Like Jesus, well, India was certainly a lot closer to the Middle East than it is to North America. That's true, right? And some Mormons believe Jesus went to North America. Yes, thank you. That's what I was getting into. That <laughs> I believe what they think is that, and I'm not a Mormon, so correct me if I'm wrong, but they think that. Those three days when Jesus died, mm, oh, yeah. he, he was over here. He was just on vacation. Like, well, he chilling did with of, the Native Americans, right? They said that he like appeared, you know, so it wouldn't have been like that he had to walk or anything. So, yeah, right. I guess that, I mean, not it makes sense, but. It's all very makes confusing sense. what the Mormons believe. And the, I only, yeah. the only thing I know about Mormonism came from South Park. <laughs> and uh, that's Trey Parker and Matt Stone. And I know that sounds like stupid, right? But. I learned a lot about Mormonism they, from they South Park. They actually taught serious things that a lot of Mormons need to hear about, like this woman who was like, "Hey, I don't believe this. Prove it without prove it with us looking," and he couldn't do it. Whatever his name is. Six zero three two eight three six one six zero. Yeah, it was surprisingly um, accurate they to Mormon know beliefs. It. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live.
It is Heresy Talk Live, talk radio that you defile, 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. With you in the studio tonight, it's Aria, Nikki, and Bonnie. And I want to say thank you to Elephant in the Room. He's the, well, I say he, I don't know anything about Elephant in the Room, but they're tonight's amplifier. That means they're a member of the AMPS program. You can find it at amps.freetalklive.com if you value the show, if you like the idea of a bunch of heathens sitting up here talking about freedom and why we believe the things that we believe. And I want to circle back to something I said earlier, and I don't want to get back into the argument about whether or not something is or isn't a belief, but I absolutely believe that the way to make a better world is to treat one another with compassion and peace and non-aggression. Oh, I didn't doubt that you do believe that. I I just didn't say it then, and I wanted to make sure that I did get that said. But you can join the AMPS program if you value... Everything that's going on here, the the whole this that is Free Talk Live, amps.freetalklive.com, stands for Advertise, Market, Promote, and Support. So if you do like the show, that's the best way to do it. You may have noticed that this is the first time I've done one of these sort of lead-ins, when we, we call them live reads, when we get back, even though I'm not reading anything. They're called that because generally you do read things. Anyway, this is the first time we've done one tonight, and we don't generally do them anymore. And if we do, it's usually something free talk live related that we're promoting like the chat server or the tiktok or whatever and that's because we don't really have any amplifiers anymore we oh we, you mean advertisers yeah this is what i meant advertisers thank you bonnie i mean we axed a lot of them and we've turned down a lot of them and some of them we the relationships have just run their course they've ended like with bitcoin.com that that relationship certainly ran its course over the 10 12 years i don't know exactly how long but I'm more interested in the idea of being beholden to the listeners and not even beholden because that's not the right word. It's not like joining the AMPS program gives you any sway to tell us what to talk about or what not to talk about. You you can call the show to change what we're talking about, but like you don't get any special perks of being an amplifier. You, if you value the show, you should you should sign up and you know help show your support, but you're not getting much out of it except the continued existence of Free Talk Live. Don't you get some kind of feed you do you do good in an apps only feed certainly but that shouldn't be the reason you join if you join it should it shouldn't be because you get this or you get this interaction i mean really i know i should check the amplifier messages more often i I never do it i'm terrible about that i know i should but so don't expect it expect to show your support for a show that you value because that's what it's all about. AMPS.freetalklive.com. It only costs five bucks per month. That gets you in. That's AMPS.freetalklive.com. Because we are viewer driven these days and or viewer, viewer supported these days or listener supported, however you wish to characterize the people tuning in. And apparently the topic of religion is a popular one. It, it makes me wonder not whether or not I want to pick up the idea of doing an atheist show at some point a, a side show not not a free talk live focused atheist show or anything like that it's just my my own after show probably not even here but sort of similar to the satanic bible studies that i used to do but atheistic instead and those were sort of atheistic anyway but i mean i've forgotten un- until tonight and last night that this is a topic that i find interesting and fascinating and i do like talking about it and i do have a lot of mostly 
useless knowledge. It's not useless because it's inherently useless. It's useless because I don't use it. So I have a lot of useless knowledge about Christianity and religious history and Puritanism in the United States. Yeah, might as well use it. Yeah. And like, that's the perfect way to do it. I I grew up, didn't grow up watching, but I entered adulthood and matured as an adult watching the atheist experience. It was one of my favorite shows. And I eventually felt, became sort of jaded about them and lost interest in them because I don't remember exactly why it had to do with them becoming more humanist than libertarian. I don't remember all of the specifics and maybe they did become libertarians. I don't remember now because I stopped watching, but they, they went in a status sort of direction if I recall correctly, or they just had that innately, but I, I loved the show. It was a lot of fun, right? And like, I could do something different now. There's nothing stopping me from doing it. That's sort of what we've been doing all night tonight, except we're not, proselytizing the word of atheism, which is what they sort of did with the atheist experience. But it's reminding me that I do enjoy the topic. It's fun. It's entertaining to me, and it seems to entertain our callers. So let's keep going with those callers. We have Rob on the line from Vermont. Rob, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, I think that uh, that uh, you can get more truth out of listening to George Carlin and his view on the Bible. Mm, George Carlin had a lot of intelligent things to say. What did he have to say about the Bible, though? Well, I mean, there are certain things that he said that I can't say. Okay, fair. You know, <laughs> you know now, but uh, but I mean, but he said it was just it's make believe. It's just a way to be able to control the people. And I mean, because see, I remember in the sixties and the seventies that you know when the Bible was introduced to me. I always remember, you know, feeling that I was, you know, being taught what to believe in this book. I, you know, I mean, they encouraged me to read it, but when I would read it, I would have a different point of view. But, you know, when they would teach it, it would be, you know, uh, you know, a little different. And if you questioned then, oh, boy, you know. You either got the ruler or, you know, or whatever, or spanked or something. But See, that's rough. I, I was thankfully never punished for asking any questions about this. I was typically told, you know, I was told not to ask those sorts of questions or something along those lines. But I was never, like, punished or faced any sort of real repercussions for asking some of these difficult questions. Whenever I asked yeah. any questions, which absolutely, absolutely, I was just asking, like, my mom, like, oh, can you clear this up for me? I was never like asking like I figured it out and I'm not going to be a Christian anymore because like I was like completely a Christian until I was like 21 um, or maybe 20. But anyways, anytime I did ask one of those questions and my mom couldn't didn't have a prepackaged answer for it, she would just say that God is so complicated we couldn't possibly understand him with our human understanding. See, I did something similar in that. I don't remember exactly my age, and but I was maybe 10, 11 years old, but I had figured out the Easter Bunny wasn't real, the Tooth Fairy wasn't real, Santa wasn't real. And so finally I went to my grandmother, I was like, oh, I figured it out. This God thing isn't real oh, either. Oh no, don't say that. Well, yeah. she did not like that at all. I didn't get in trouble or grounded or anything like that, but she, I got a stern talking to and then after that, you know, the daily Bible studies and all that sort of thing started. They she just doubled yeah. down on it. But I, if you're a religious person and you're trying to raise religious kids, I can't imagine anything being more counterproductive to that religious upbringing than 
intentionally telling them lies like the Easter Bunny and Santa Claus, knowing they're going to find out those things aren't true. Well, and how is that different? Right. From, it's, you know? it's absolutely not different. From what I could tell, it was exactly the same. So thank you absolutely. so much. Yeah, thank I, you so I much. Mean, for, I, go ahead. Sorry, thank you, guys. Oh, God, I thought you had more. Yeah, thank you so much for the call tonight, Rob. Let's keep going. We have Neil on the line from Arizona. Neil, you're on Free Talk Live. Did you say Bill? I said Neil. Oh, okay. I, I just couldn't understand. Hi, Aria. Hey, what's I'm on your mind tonight? For, I'm still waiting for your debut on K2X Radio out here. Uh, yeah, I've, I've been a bit distracted the last uh, three weeks ago. I, I'm planning a bachelorette party with a friend of mine. We're planning a fairly extensive trip out of New Hampshire. So that, that's sort of gotten my attention. If I'm not doing that, I'm you know, sort of working a lot. So I've, I've been a bit distracted. I do intend to call, right, no doubt. Okay, well, uh, hopefully um, you've got my phone number there in front of you. Would you please call me and let me know that you are going to call in so I can make sure I'm in front of my radio and listening? Yeah, I would. And again, I would rather email the guy uh, prior to calling in because I, I don't want to feel like he's being blindsided or anything like that. Well, he already knows you're going to call in. He thought he was. He thought you were going to call in last weekend. Oh. Uh, I I thought you were too. So he's expecting your calls. His name is Rob Hansen, or Miss Rob Hansen. He calls himself. It. I'm. I'm has he or but she he changed? Is, he is. He. He is expecting you. Well, he's a transgender. I told you that's what I wanted you to talk to him about. But, right, but. But uh, he is expecting your call. He has been for a couple of weeks. Okay. Does Rob Hansen call themselves he? No, he calls himself Miss Rob Hansen. So that would be she? Yeah, well, he's, well, he's actually a he, but he calls himself a she. <sighs> Well, you already knew what he <laughs> believed when he said a uh, transgender. I, I, I'm, I'm trying to parse all of this, though. Um, d- d- is Rob Hansen still the name that this person is going by? Yes, he goes by Miss Rob Hansen. Yes, he goes by Rob Hansen. Okay, now my next question has to be, is is this a joke? Because there, there have been no, no there's no, been countless. Yeah, it's not a joke. No, I want to explain. Of, I'm not trying to be. Of, yeah, let me explain, dude. Dude, dude, let me explain. I'm not trying to be offended or any or offensive or anything like that, but there are some, especially conservatives out there, who want to poke fun at transgenderism by declaring themselves to be women or going to the DMV and getting their license to say women because ha ha ha, just anyone could do it. And now I'm a woman, and you can't prove otherwise. There are those people out there. I'm just asking, no, is it, Rob doing that? No, no, no. He uh, well, he kind of surprised me when he came out of the ball and started to call himself Miss Rob Hansen. But it's not a joke. It's one of your affiliates. It's what I'm listening to you on on K2X Radio. And, uh, no, I'm not trying to pull nothing on you or nothing. No, I didn't think you Uh, were. I'm just trying to find out the position of this person who is transgender. But He he was previously married. He has two daughters. And then uh, he decided that. I guess he doesn't like girls anymore. I guess the, I well, hold on, he, he he can transition into being a girl and still like girls. I mean, I do. The thing that's confusing us, I guess, is just that their name is still Rob, but maybe 
their position is just I don't need to change my name because names aren't necessarily feminine or masculine. It's that's well, valid. And also, he's using masculine pronouns, so he's using no, no. he. The caller is using yeah. he him, but yeah. the, does Rob is Miss Rob Henson bothered when people refer to them as he him? As what? He him. Um, he's not really offended by anything, or she, or whatever I'm supposed to call him. Her, I don't know. <laughs> I'm still trying. To, I I knew him for years on this radio station as Rob Hansen. Right. So it's only been the last couple of years or so that he's decided to call himself Miss Rob Hansen. Uh, I'm expecting any day maybe he'll change it to Roberta Hansen or something. Well, I don't I mean, know. If it- if the name is attached to what what the person does for a living, I certainly understand. Like if I, unless I was like truly inspired to change my name to something, I'm sort of stuck with Aria Demetso at this point because the that's that's the person who's one of the co-hosts on Free Talk Live, the one who ran for sheriff. I've changed my name. All I I break all of the attachment to those things that I've done. Right. So I I can understand why someone who uh, of local notoriety or whatever notoriety doesn't want to change their name. I certainly get it. Um, Are you making any sort of effort to call Rob Hansen by she, her, or do you not respect the person enough to use the pronouns they prefer? Um, I actually, I call into the show and, and talk on the show every now and then. And I just don't, um, I just avoid the um, having to say. Actually, he doesn't require any of his callers. Everybody just calls him Rob. You know, sure. they, they don't say Mister or, or Miss or anything. They just they just call him Rob. I think this is a situation like when uh, Sarah from New Mexico called you a transformer. <laughs> they don't mean anything by it. They're just so confused. So that wasn't why you was called in tonight, was it, Neil? No, actually. Uh, yeah, sorry uh, to sorry to direct the, things. That I just no, realized a few seconds ago that that wasn't why you called. So sorry. No, no I just I just kind of went on there because I'm still waiting for you to call in on the show. But um, what's the girl's name that you're with? There's two, Bonnie and Nikki. What you? I'm Bonnie. Oh, Bonnie, 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 Bonnie. Okay, two there's things. also Bonnie, Nikki. You make me. Oh, Nikki. I think Bonnie <laughs> was the one that was just talking, though, right? Yes. Bonnie makes me wish I was 40 years younger. And uh, I want to, and I'm totally changing the topic on you. Have you guys ever tried that Nutella, hazelnut chocolate butter? Yes. Uh, Nutella? Nutella? Disgusting, isn't it? No. No, it's delicious. What are you talking about? It tastes like a a Ferrero Rocher. Unfortunately, it has soy in it, so I can't eat it anymore. I, I just tried it for the first time in my life. And I bought the smallest jar that they had just because I love hazelnuts. But, oh, my God, it's terrible. It is I weird think. that it doesn't remind me of, like, hazelnuts. Hazelnuts are just totally different than that. That tastes like chocolate. Well, because once you mix it with the chocolate, it oh. totally changes the flavor profile. I didn't realize it was actually mixed with chocolate. Why not just have, like, a like if it, there was a chocolate Nutella, I would be all over that because that would be fantastic. Well, just regular well, chocolate. Yeah, well, I think chocolate. they have that. I love regular chocolate. They definitely have regular chocolate. Well, I mean, but like, <laughs> like a chocolate spread, like a spread. without yeah. the hazelnut. Yeah, they I probably make they have that. Like that. I think they have so that. I could go for that. I'm, I'm not a fan or a disliker of hazelnut. I don't think I've ever really had hazelnut, but I, I do like chocolate. 
But you didn't enjoy it. Black and hazelnuts in the shell. No, no, no. I love hazelnuts. I grew up eating them. You know, you crack the shell. You know, mom used to buy a bunch of nuts, walnuts, hazelnuts, uh, whatever, peanuts in in the shells, and we'd eat them. But this, I just tried this for the first time, and it's, I think it's god awful. I mean, it. It's like something a two-year-old would probably like. but So not, not an 60, endorsement from Neil in Arizona. I would say get yeah. some croissants like that you can bake in the oh, oven, yeah. and they're ju- just so warm and delicious, and then put it on there if you don't care about uh, ingredients because th- those things from the stores have all bad. So you're from Arizona, Neil. I assume you've never heard of what they call the fluffer nutter. Oh, what? <laughs> oh, yeah. So this is... Uh, this is a New England delicacy where we have this thing called fluff. It is a marshmallow spread, and we make sandwiches with peanut butter in the fluff, and they're called fluffinutters. And I have just recently realized that this isn't a thing everywhere else. This is very much a New England thing, because when you tell people from other places, they're like, what the hell is that? <laughs> is this like one step above s'mores? Well, it's just it's one like step up. It's one step above a peanut butter and jelly. Or, I don't know or if next I agree. to I, step above. above yeah, I don't know about above. above. Below, whatever. <laughs> I haven't tried it to be. Fair. I have not either. Thank you so much for the call tonight, Neil. Every time I hear about the fluffer, I mean that's just way too much sugar for <laughs> right, me. Right? It's just going to be too sugary. Well, but yeah. I am you've missed your you've missed your period. You're supposed to eat it when it, when you're a kid. Oh, I'm sure. So, right. Right. I'm uh, sure I've, kids love them. Whenever I used to see that marshmallow fluff at the store as a kid i would always be like why don't we get that like to my parents like well we should just get that and they'd be like we don't need that (laughs) well you can make fudge out of it too yeah it's multi-purpose out of marshmallow cream yeah how do you make fudge out of that i don't know there's a recipe on the back though see that's just that's the only reason why i knew is because there's a recipe on the back (laughs) i like that idea man get some marshmallow cream and like Five bottles of Hershey's syrup and just like combine the just, two and then just die in hedonism. Yeah. yeah. It's <laughs> mostly just like an ingredient though, right? So I, n- I never heard of people just eating it on sandwiches until like last year. No, there's no crunch to it. There's no there's no bite. There's no texture. It's just chewy sweetness. I, I can well, imagine yeah, like, how awful crunchy, that is to eat. That's why you get crunchy peanut butter. Okay. Probably. You should try it. You have to try one. I, 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 I want to try one at the Moose Mart at some point because they have it there. You may be able to get me to try... One if the if it's crunchy peanut butter. I generally okay, hate yeah. crunchy peanut butter, hmm. but when I hear this fluffernut, I think about just the the softness of the bread and the, well, the nothingness like peanut butter and jelly. of the rest of it. Yeah, I guess. Well, I'm not a big I mean, fan of peanut butter and jelly either. Oh, I, I'm not opposed yeah. to it, but I'm not like boy. I sure do love PB and J. No, I eat peanut butter and jelly every single day. Every day, I well, have when I work it's... because it's the only thing that doesn't yeah. make me nauseous at three o'clock in the morning. Yeah, okay, that's fair. Easy to make for work, too. Let's keep going with the phones. We have Scott on the line. Scott, you're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind tonight? Oh, howdy. Hold on. Turn off my speakerphone. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Sorry to just sort of blindside you there and take you off guard. Oh, no. Uh, you're fine. Um, so I just was calling in about, I was listening to a show a couple uh, days back, and they were talking about civil disobedience. And it reminded me about some stuff that I've been doing lately in my town where uh, we have a train trestle in our town that's pretty dangerous and the government shut it down and said it's for government use only what's a train trestle for a train goes over a road oh okay, oh, okay. i didn't know it's called that or train crossing not trestle Sorry. so did they shut down the entire road they shut down the road that 
like we've been using that road ever since that road's been built to just get around town. And since they closed it because it's too dangerous, it's literally cut the town in half. Whoa. And Where is this? It's, it's in Pendleton, Indiana. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I've been driving over that road my whole life that I could drive. It was there before I could drive. And I just decided a few days, uh, actually a few months ago that, screw it, I'm not listening to that order. And I've been driving over it, and I've been pulled over at least twice doing it. And both times, I don't know how I've done this, I told the police officer that he's not my dad. and <laughs> That worked? He just, he just told me to go away. Well, I mean, what could, nice. what could they cite you with? Yeah, I mean, if the road, if they put out road closed signs or something like that, they may be able to get you. But even then, I'm not sure that we sort of get back to that Nazi kindergarten playground argument, which was something like, if it doesn't actually say do not cross or whatever, then you're allowed to cross. I think they used caution tape to section off one of the playgrounds. Hmm. And then they tried to say that these people were trespassers. Like, no, it just says caution, yeah, not do cautious. not cross, right? Right. So, I mean, if the, yeah. you just have a sign there that says road closed, maybe they have an argument. But if they just declared, no, don't drive down this road, I don't, I don't think it would well, hold up. So bigger I, question well, is what, what it, they did is they painted on the road for, for government use only or emergency use only. One of those things. No, yeah. I, don't think, I don't think they can do that. I, I, think, I think you have a solid le- – I'm not a legal expert, but I, th- I, I think you have solid legal ground here. That's probably why you didn't get ticketed. The bigger thing is, yeah, what are they going to do if everyone starts just using the road anyway? That's, ding, ding, ding. I hope that exactly. you're I spreading wanna, the I, idea. I want one of them to give me a ticket, honestly. I do, so I can take it to court. Yeah, yeah. get some That'd publicity out of yeah. that, man. Get some publicity out of it, get it to where the town looks stupid, and they eventually – either give us the road back and i'll admit that da- the intersection is dangerous there's been like three cars hit there in the last two years what By makes it dangerous train? it's very steep coming up to the track and if you're in too long of a vehicle you can get hung on it okay and bonnie's question was super they got hit right. by trains or are they colliding with other vehicles hit by trains Good oh wow Lord. that's terrifying yeah. that's that's pretty intense right maybe they need to move the train tracks or if Fix the road. I mean, <laughs> or the- get rid of the road. Like if they just took out the road and filled it with gravel and just made it to where there wasn't a road there anymore, I'd be like, fine. But you, the government doesn't get their own special road. Hmm, yeah, that's the way I look at it. But you would have to oh, still cross over it because it's that's an interesting story, Scott. I wish you the best of luck with it. I mean, keep fighting the good fight out there, man. And again, gotta reiterate, I'm not an attorney. I can't offer you legal advice, but. If I was in that situation, it would be a battle that I would want to yeah, fight. Yeah, I would want to take that to court. That feels like a winnable battle that can actually achieve some good. This is a, a road that cuts your city in half. 603-283-6160. It's Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live, and you can still join us. We're not out of time yet. 603-283-6160 if you would like to do that. Again, that's 603-283-6160. With you in the studio tonight, it's Aria. Nikki. And Bonnie. And as we briefly mentioned earlier, we do have our own TikTok channel. You can find that at tiktok.freetalklive.com. There's a number of short videos there. I try to keep them Less than two minutes long, but that isn't always possible. It depends on the 
segment that we're talking about and how exciting it is. There's one that I have to make, but I have the I have the timestamp, but I didn't write down a day that it was for, <laughs> and that yeah, created an tough. issue, right? Well, I know it could only have been a Monday or a Tuesday because I know Ian was the one who took, who gave me the timestamp, and I was on that night. Therefore, it was a Monday or Tuesday, but which Monday or Tuesday? This is yeah. sort of the issue. I, I wasn't able, available to make it that week, so it got put off for a bit. Now I'm sitting back going, oh, man, when was that? And uh, so, yeah, we're a bit behind on the TikTok episodes. I'm sure there was some episodes, I say. I'm sure there was something in last night's show that would have been great if I had clipped it, but nothing st- struck out to me as we something, were talking. Something funny happened on Sunday, and I'm like, I should tell Aria about this so she can make a TikTok or whatever. And yeah. then, of course, now I don't even remember what it was about. Yeah, that happens. <laughs> Always good to just grab one of these sheets of paper and just, yeah. write, just all you got to do is write down a time and preferably a date. That way I don't end up in this situation where I'm looking at them going, what week was this? What day was this? Yeah, I'm like, Ian wrote down, the, oh, I have a sheet of paper here in Ian's handwriting that says the word slavery on it. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> yeah. They have funny show prep all the time on Sundays and I don't know where they find it. Like one Sunday. Sundays it's always Richie, been like that. Richie. Yeah. He just oh. has a knack for it, you know? <laughs> Two weeks ago, they were talking about a pigeon that flew meth in a pigeon backpack <laughs> into a prison. And nice. the guards were for like 20 minutes uh, struggling to catch him. <laughs> like, can we, just, can we just take a moment, everyone? Visualize that. A bunch of prison guards trying to catch this pigeon That's wearing, wearing a, a tiny backpack. little backpack. Somebody had to sit there and make by hand this pigeon backpack. I mean, I'm impressed. And the pigeon wasn't just like, I'll bring it to whatever human. It was like, F the cops, you yep. know, flying away. <laughs> that is amazing. Uh, presumably the pigeon was trained to go to a Yeah, it was like a carrier person. pigeon, that's, yeah. It's crazy. That's pretty impressive, man. That's creative. I, I think yeah. there's better uses of a person's time, but hey, man, whatever makes you happy. Uh, I do have to say, Captain said it was the coolest pigeon ever, and I said, I don't know. I don't think meth is that cool, Captain. Fair point. I, I'm not a fan of meth either. I mean, you shouldn't be smuggling drugs into prison anyway. It's kind of frowned upon yeah why not <laughs> well it's it's not doing them any favors live certainly. your life <laughs> I, they would live their lives better if they were free that's true and, and they're not going to be freer by being on you know by Can you being, being caught with meth or whatever that's just going to extend your sentence being yeah. on meth would be so scary in prison I mean, I've never, yeah, been, I've on never been on meth and I don't want to be I can meth. imagine I've watched enough intervention to know that I don't want to exactly. try it I've lived in Keenan, Mississippi long enough to know that I don't want to try meth. Let's go to the phone. Speaking of meth, we have David on the line from New Mexico. David, you're on Free Talk Live. So if uh, shouldn't smuggle drugs into prison, how else are the guards going to make uh, enough money to feed their families? Well, I've actually had show prep for like months about exactly this topic. There's There's some prison... That is resisting, or it's the federal state prison system. I don't remember the details now. It's been in my show part for us because we haven't gotten to it. They, they don't want the rates at which a person's commissary to, is withdrawn. They, they don't want to give people back their commissary money after they get out of prison or something because they make tens of thousands of dollars a year off of it. Or it's something to that effect. It's some really like people that forget, thing. forget about their commissary or something. I don't remember the specifics. Oh. And like I said, we haven't gotten into it. And it's been my show prep for months. So um, we're never going to get to it at this point. It's just in some save folder on my laptop or my phone somewhere, and I'm never going to see it again. But yeah, they make money off of commissary. 
Yeah, and the pigeon backpack thing, that, that's been done prior to that one event that people have done that before. Not, wow. not for prisons, but made backpacks for pigeons to carry whatever. That's adorable. And, um, it really is, except if yeah. meth is in it. Yeah. And did, did, did I hear Nikki right? Did, did Nikki say that you missed your period? You did say that, and I was going to make a joke about it. I really? can't believe. When did I say that? You did. Yeah. You about... said, "Well, you missed your period. You're supposed to eat it when." And I was about to say, "When you're on your period," but I was like, "No, it's not a funny joke." About the fluffernutter. Well, oh, you missed like the. When we were oh, kids. okay. Yeah. You missed the period, and which one was supposed to eat a fluffernutter? Yeah, you're but... always supposed to eat a fluffernutter when but you're on you your just period. Said, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you missed your period. Yeah. Hmm. Well, actually, you missed quite a few. And, and speaking of the fluffernutter, isn't that a position on a porn set? One of the workers. No, just a fluffer. But the, what, the, no, the fluffer is the fluffer, and then the nutter is the, the dude that uh, does the... The rest. Okay, uh, the David, what, what did you call it about tonight? About, about uh, uh, science fiction. You, you know Fahrenheit 451, right? Right. Yeah. And you know, um, uh, what is it, Star Trek, Next Generation, whatever. I don't, I, don't, I don't know. The one with Picard, Captain Picard? Yeah, that was Next Generation. Yeah, there, there's a scene where Picard, and this, this uh, uh, was also done, a similar scene was done in Fahrenheit 451, I believe, where um, uh, the Picard is tied up or whatever. I can't remember. I can't picture it. I did see it once, but it's too long ago. And, and the, his captor is telling him, uh, asking him how many lights. He sees. Oh yeah, he was and, captured by um, not the Romulans, the Cardassians. And it's not um, ni- it's not Fahrenheit four fifty one. It's nineteen eighty four, where he's asked him how many lights do you see, and he says, "I see four. And he's like, "Zap!" He gets zapped until he says, "He says sees five. The episode okay, of Star Trek. Okay. I don't remember the name of the episode of Star Trek. It was a two parter though, and it was the Cardassians who had captured Picard and were torturing him. That sounds funnier. Yeah, and and um, so. The, the, what they're asking the person to do or telling the person to do or coerce, coercing the person to do under duress is to suspend reality, right? Yeah. Okay. To lie to themselves. So, pardon? Uh, to, the, to lie to themselves. And that's key, Bonnie, because right. he mentioned at the end of the episode that one of the whole things about this experience, Picard did in the Star Trek episode, I don't know about 1984, well, I do know about 1984, but I don't remember that specific part of 1984, but Picard said what terrified him the most was that he could see five lights at mm-hmm. the end of it, or three lights. I don't remember how many he was supposed to see yeah. versus how many there actually were, but it was like, say there are four lights. And by the end of it, after being tortured and seeing this relief, he could see a fourth light. He had lied to himself. Right. He had convinced himself it was there. Right. So that's one concept. Another concept, though, is now should, should the captive person uh, one being tortured or under duress, coerced, whatever, um, uh, should they have had enough respect for their captor to tell them what they wanted to hear? I'm sorry, run that by me again. Should the captive have, have had more respect for their captor or enough respect for their captor to tell the captor what the captor wanted to hear? Wouldn't it be it's more respectful to them to tell them the truth? Pardon? Wouldn't it? Yeah, well, yes, I agree. Okay. I agree. Yes, Bonnie, I agree. It's more respectful to tell them the truth. They should not suspend their own reality uh, and lie to the captor and tell the captor what the captor wants to hear. I know I this is terrible, you. but I see it from a utilitarian perspective. I mean, Picard was a captive. 
He was being tortured. He he had nothing to gain by not complying at this point. I, I was just asking about the concept of respect. It's just like... In that situation, I think the sensible thing for Picard would have been to lie and say, yes, I see four lights. I will, I will take you up on your offer of retiring in a in a beach house and having these philosophical discussions with you. Yes, I, yeah, sure, I, I see, see four lights. Yeah, as soon as he figured out the both, game. I can see both viewpoints other than, other than sacrificing one's own integrity uh, and, and to lie to, to gain what you're going to gain. But now let's transfer this to the, the personal pronouns question. Well, it's not necessarily sacrificing your integrity uh, to live to fight another day, right? It, it can be, certainly. But it isn't right. necessarily... Transfer, transfer the whole scenario now to the, the, the uh, personal pronouns uh, question. I, I, is, it, is anyone under duress? Can you explain how we're going to make that? Yeah, yes, pe- yes, people are. Oh, yeah, most obviously people are under duress. Maybe in like uh, Toronto. So uh, well, what is well, the connection well, between in- this lights thing, David, and pronouns? Can, can you draw this connection for me? Well, first of all, I mean, Bonnie was ahead of you. So uh, in re- regard to people in Toronto, they're people too. So it's a real situation because, it, it, as you admit, it, it happens in Toronto, maybe. Yeah, I think it's really and, and bad. Now, are, I think it's really wrong. that pardon? What's happening think, in Toronto? I, I don't I think know anything about it. Toronto, um, that people, it, it is literally against the law to misgender someone. And I think that's wrong. And I think Aria would agree. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's easy All to accidentally do with some people, you know? It's, yeah. it's not. Even if you want to offend them, you shouldn't go to prison for words. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. And what was your question, Aria? I, I, I didn't know about the Toronto thing, so I was wondering how you were drawing a connection between the Picard episode and, and torture and periods of duress and the pronoun thing. I'll, okay, I'll answer your question. And well, I, you did answer the question. The question. It's, it's that this is happening in Toronto, that these people are under duress if they don't say there are four lights or if they don't use the wrong the certain pronoun or whatever. Right, and they're also sacrificing their own uh, reality for, uh, in favor of somebody else's reality. Um, and, and Not really, and man. That's, that that's putting... Look, and I, I agree entirely that the, the law is wrong and shouldn't, should never have been used for this purpose, but, man, that's making a mountain out of a molehill. To, to act like calling me she is going to traumatize someone and cause them to, no. I've sacrificed my reality. There's How can I look myself in the mirror? That's missing. absolute nonsense, man. There's something else you're missing. There's it's it's more a matter missing. of basic human decency. It doesn't conflict no, with my understanding of reality. It doesn't conflict with my understanding of reality to call someone he, she, whatever they want, right? It's just a matter of simple courtesy to this human yeah. being. So, I mean... Go ahead, David. Missing Aria. And what is that? What what it is is that when uh, a person has lived whatever percentage of their life, and they've gone through life, and a tree is a tree, and the sky is blue, and this and that, and then you walk down the street and you see somebody, and your subconscious tells you you don't have to think about it. Your subconscious tells you, uh, you know, that that's a tree, that's a dog, that's a man, and then the man tells you, no, I'm not a man. I'm a woman and call me her or she or whatever. And it, it's incredibly difficult for somebody, not because they don't want to, but because they've lived 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80 years. When they see somebody who has the characteristics of a man, it is, it's incredibly difficult 
to shift the automatic process, which is speaking, which is language, which is thinking. It's incredibly difficult to shift the, out of that automatic process. And so it, it's not that they don't want to do I'm it. A, I'm aware, it, David, and I've always been an advocate that, it, I mean, especially for elderly people, you, this is why I don't freak out about people who you know use different pronouns for me, because one, it's not worth getting worked up over, but two, uh, most people don't mean anything wrong. It does take some amount of effort to reprogram your brain to refer to people with this characteristics a certain way or with those characteristics a certain way. It does take some level of effort and focus. And Did I not say exactly that? Sorry. I literally said that with the caller before that uh, was saying he, he, but he was talking about Miss Ron Brown or whatever. Well, I, I literally said it's like when Sarah called Aria Transformer, she didn't mean anything by it. Because she's just confused or she just didn't know. Yeah. Doesn't... So funny. But, yeah, it's and, uh, and I, I, I would also argue another point I don't think that has been made that the, the person wanting to be called by uh, whatever pronoun that is a little bit out of sync uh, from certain other viewers perspective with their appearance um, that, you know, why does that trump the other person the uh trump their uh their um right whatever i don't i'm lacking which word i want to use the right the privilege the whatever well as a, i can know, answer this to, question to be, okay we'll answer it then well as a general rule language definitions words they mean what the most largest percentage of people says they mean right a, a tree isn't a tree because in democracy an, yes democracy yes. yes a tree isn't a tree because when we look at it we go well obviously that thing is a thing that starts with a t and has an r and ends with an e no it's because we as english speakers have called it a tree and everyone else agrees it's a tree and that's what a tree is and if i were to pick up a rock and say this is a tree it wouldn't be a tree because everyone else the majority right. of people so, would say, no, that's not a tree. That's still a rock. And this is the case with she, her. The majority, David, let me finish the damn point. The majority of people now, seems to be the majority, are saying, well, the, the word chic is inclusive of people who have these characteristics, you know, born men or whatever. And the word he is inclusive of these people that were born women or whatever. And they're expanding those definitions to mean different things. And it would appear that major- the majority of people agree with that new definition well and it's just respectful right right? so i've had you know certain people who are like okay this is my legal name or whatever but this is my preferred name whether they're trans or not that's just like oh this is the nickname i go by like please call me this it's just the respectful thing to address people as they want to be addressed mistakes happen you know, and with some people, especially people that are, you know, non-binary and then they're using they or whatever other pronouns, it can be tricky, especially for older people. But, but I, I think it's just the respectful thing to do. And the other thing, because he asked a question and we, we all should get to answer it. Absolutely. I, I think that nobody, not nobody, I mean, I don't know your life, but I really doubt that people are going up to you and being like, I demand you call me this. I mean, you call Aria voluntarily all the time. But I don't. Well, what's your point? Because you're not under duress or something. Not there's unless somebody's going up to you and walking down the street and you see a tree and then you see a man and they say, "No, I'm a woman. Call me this," which is what you said. This is the scenario you said. I really don't think that that happens to you. I mean, often at least. Well, I, I, I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about Arya specifically in this case. I'm talking generally speaking. 
Um, and well, I, and try I'm to reminded no, Bonnie, Bonnie's making a fair point. You're arguing about some hypothetical that has not ever happened. They're, they're, no, it does, it does no, happen. no, it no, David. People it's, don't just walk okay. down the street and go, "I'm a man" or "I'm a woman." <laughs> it, that doesn't happen, David. Okay, you're right, Arya. That never happens. You are so correct, Arya. I have seen the light, Arya. Thank you. I mean, we can invent hypothetical scenarios where X or Y is wrong all day long. It's it's meaningless. It's it's intellectual masturbation. It's pointless. What if Nikki threw right. a fluffer nutter at my face? I'm mad at her now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Would that be assault? Would, would it? Would, would it be assault if she had COVID and transmitted it to you by by throwing the nutter? Yeah, yeah, biting the fluffernutter first. So, oh man, I, I I got lost in the fluffernutter. Yeah. What if? Yeah. What if? What if? What if? My little yeah. brother, when he was a kid, would say "what ifs" so much that seriously he'd start talking, and I just learned to stop listening to him. And to this day, <laughs> like he'll come up to me and be telling me something, and I'll be like. I forgot to listen to you. <laughs> I'm oh so gosh. serious. That's really funny. I mean, what if is a it, it, it can pose an interesting question, yeah. right? But or you can just go down a useless rabbit hole, right? Which is what this is. I mean, certainly you can. Certainly, there are realistic scenarios where you, David, in New Mexico, you could encounter a trans person in the streets, and you could end up in a conversation with them where you use a pronoun, and they could say, "No, don't use that pronoun. Use this other pronoun." But it's never happened to you, and it's probably never going to happen to you. You're getting worked up about this figment of your imagination. You've invented this figment of imagination. And now you're upset about it. And this is why I asked him, like, who's being coerced? Like, okay, sure, the people in Toronto, or maybe it's all of Canada, I don't know. There's this law that uh, you, if you misgender someone, you can go to prison for it. That's wrong. Everybody here believes that's wrong. So I don't know what he wants. It's like he thought he got this gotcha at us with this 1984... I mean, that that was a good analogy, and I liked it, but I just don't understand what motivates a person to dream up this hypothetical wild scenario just imagine this thing happening and then getting upset about it yeah. and and what's and, the point and losing the ability to recognize that this thing they just imagined up is imaginary like that's a real thing to david this is the thing that's actually happening to people what is what is aria going to do about this travesty being done to people but it's it's just this imaginary thing in your head david i mean certainly there's some trans people out there who aren't positive who aren't nice when they get misgendered. There's the Superman. I think that was out in Arizona, which is right next yeah. door to New Mexico. Uh, she flipped out and started kicking over displays at GameStop because they called her a guy. There's certainly people out there like that. And they go viral for a reason. And then it's rare for a reason. The last one I saw of someone doing this was Tiffany from GameStop. And that was what? I, I think years I, ago? Yeah, that I think I lived like in during Mis- COVID. Yeah, right? I think, no, it was further. I think oh, I lived really? in Mississippi when that happened. I must be thinking of something else then. Uh, I don't know, it may have been more recently, but it was a long time ago, and it's not something that's happening every single day, and it's probably nothing that's ever happened. Sure, some listener out there is like, oh, it happened to me before. Uh, If it happened to uh, David, he would have been screaming about it from the beginning of the call, or at least when I said it never happened to him. Yeah. So, I mean, these things do happen. They can happen, but not in the way that David imagines, and they certainly never happen to David, and they're not common, (laughs) and you're, you're basically asking me... To denounce the the 
you're basically asking a Muslim to denounce the the Muslim aggression, the terrorists. That's what that's the word I'm looking for. You're like, well, you're a Muslim. How how come you're not speaking out against these terrorists? They're terrorists and they're Muslims and they're doing these evil things. But okay, yes, they're doing these evil things. But like, what I'm doing has nothing to do with them. What I'm doing has nothing to do with these trans people flipping out. Plus, they're a shockingly tiny minority of the trans population. I don't know any of these people. And also, we can't really compare. Like, even if you misgender a trans person. And they get upset at you. So what? You know what I mean? Like, obviously, like, you don't want to upset people, but we can't really compare that to torturing someone until they say that there's four lights. No, but you can compare it to arresting someone and imprisoning them. And oh, absolutely. Them their will, which is what happens in the, the, the law that we all denounce and you know. obviously oppose because it's a stupid law. But, I mean, there is some duress there, but... And not otherwise. And- yeah. And I mean, obviously, that's I mean, that's just completely ridiculous, because as I mentioned, it's easy to make mistakes. You know, people are learning, especially older folks. I mean, like people are learning. This is completely foreign yep. to a lot of people. And I, it's just a little understanding and compassion goes a long way, I yeah. think. And that's true in every direction, David. That's true in your direction as well. I'm willing to be compassionate and understanding about the needs of people to adjust to this and even the unwillingness to adjust to this. That's fine. You know, don't adjust to it. Continue everyone calling doesn't me need he. to be involved in everyone else's lives. Yeah. Continue right. calling me he. I don't I don't particularly care. But extend me the same basic respect. That why why do you care so much that I'll, I call myself a woman? You seem to care way more about it than I do. So let's <laughs> let's keep going with the phones. We have Sarah on the line from New Mexico. Sarah. What do you think about that crazy man, David, who keeps calling? Well, I just want to say that he should be up in the Santa Fe because they're passing the legislation. And and I found out what the U.S., there was a difference between U.S. road and a state road. What 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 Santa Fe legislation? Yeah, he's always up there digging holes and we have the session the next two months. But he should, I want, I'm trying to pass that. House Bill 22. I think I know what you're talking about, right? Like, yes, speeding cameras on the. You're not talking about speeding cameras. David, at one point, he mentioned something about going and digging a bunch of holes. He doesn't stay in hotels, he digs a hole to sleep in at night. That's not true. No, that's what he said. (laughs) I know, that's what he says. If it's true or not, I don't know, but that's what he said. (laughs) I seem to recall. I believe it because the hotels are about like 100. $15, $20 $15, per night in Santa Fe or whatever it might be. And that's more. really not, that's, that's not like that the going all. rate. It's totally normal. This dude really that's alleges. That's under the going rate. Hold on. I've, I've never heard this. This dude really alleges that like instead of getting a hotel, he just takes a shovel and like digs himself up. It's like forget, yeah. a, forget a tent. Forget sleeping right. in your car. Right, I would yeah, sleep with my car, but he doesn't have a he doesn't have a windshield wiper on his car. Oh, that's right, yeah, he doesn't have a windshield. <laughs> windshield. I forgot it's about what? that. Yeah, he doesn't have a windshield on he his car. He said sometimes bugs Did... fly in his mouth because that was my first question. <laughs> he <laughs> says he should wear a motorcycle helmet. <laughs> that's not a bad idea, but he also says it's completely legal to drive it this way. That there, that, cool. That there's no law requiring him to have a, a windshield. No, but the, I mean Darwinism sort of takes hold at a certain point, and it seems unwise to drive without a windshield. But this is all assuming... like I said, motorcycle helmet. You don't need a windshield. Like, how many times has a rock hit your uh, windshield while you're driving behind a big truck? <laughs> yeah. It's happened to me that's, a million that's times. That's happened to me on a motorcycle, and I said, thank God I'm wearing a full face wow. motorcycle helmet. Oh, my God. That's really scary. Right? This is all assuming that the some of David's tall tales <laughs> are actually truthful, and I'm not convinced. 
that this person actually drives around without a windshield to dig holes instead of staking out. <laughs> but I love the imagery, and I hope to God it's a real thing. You can hang out with us. We're out of time for tonight, but we'll be back same time tomorrow night. You can kick it with us on our social media server at social.freetalklive.com. I've been told no in many different ways. I give you an order, and you're going to obey it. Which order you can You can do that, and you have to leave here. You cannot bring Simon to the rally. Walk with me. Well, I'm, I'm, no, I'm comfortable here, actually. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, 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 hey. Who do you think you are? Excuse me. There is no video or audio allowed in this office. No, I have work today. This is you ain't going to make it. Wait on the Now, wait a minute. Hey! Oh my god! Unbelievable! Because you're scared of property. What am I being detained for? You're being served. What is this? What is this? Bureaucrats have a funny way of telling people no. That's the sound of the men working on the chain. Derek J's Victimless Crime Spree. You can order your copy of the Director's Cut DVD now at victimlesscrimespree.com.